and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army, Chris Lowe of the band Volk. What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Just running around Nashville uh, after getting off the road of five weeks around the West Coast uh, and and just never stop moving, even though I think, is it tomorrow that's Christmas? Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. <laughs> Tomorrow's Christmas yeah, Eve. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's the worst thing of like, because we were just talking about being a teacher. Like probably the best thing about being a teacher is like, you knew when all the holidays were because that's when you like, like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Like <laughs> Easter holiday. Oh, thank God. Christopher Columbus. Yes. Uh, but boot Christopher Columbus. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> Hooray for the day off work. Boo hey for, for, the, boo for the, the shitty yeah, person. The, for the reason why. <laughs> um, uh, fuck the pilgrims. Oh, oh, we, he, he discovered America. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> fucking Vikings were here a long time before that. Fucking people walked across the, the land bridge yeah. during the Ice Ages, tens of thousands of years before that. There was people here. You can't yeah, say you discovered just, something when yeah, there were people there. Exactly. <laughs> say that if people have a civilization arguably more advanced than yours, you can't. <laughs> And like you are able to come over, or like like beat them on a technicality of using diseases. Um, but have you ever yeah, heard the just, Eddie Izzard bit where he's talking about Britain um, conquering other places with the cunning use of flags? <laughs> <laughs> guy's fucking yeah. hilarious. Oh god, I forgot about that joke. Um, <laughs> but I don't even remember what we were talking about. I already lost it. Um, just yeah, just excited to be like. Like, it's weird, like, because I've only been off the road, I guess, two or three days, but it still feels like I'm moving, I oh, guess. Oh, I can only imagine <laughs> what that's like, like having a schedule that's that hectic. I think I would almost be in near panic attack mode the whole time. Like, how long did it take you to get used to, to you know, kind of living like that? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, You know, I think Elliot and I got lucky in that we we started very DIY and it's only in the last couple of years we started adding people like a booker um Brad Brad Raffinow with Atomic that was just in the last year um but just basically doing everything ourselves and so because of that like I had to learn how to book so at the beginning the most we were doing was maybe 3 or 4 dates away from home and the most it ever became was maybe three weeks tops. Um, and you know, we did a lot of the Midwest and the Northeast and the Southeast and a bit of Southwest. If you include Texas in the Southwest, basically just Texas. Um, so we were pretty weaned. I, I, I would say we were weaned onto it. So weaned off. I don't really know what the verb would be like made used to it. It's like, I don't know. Like if you're you know, if you're doing your shrooms, you don't go full <laughs> 20 grams. You just start off with the two grams and the five grams. And you level up. So I think we had a look like a good two years to kind of get used to that. Um, my girlfriend is looking at me like, no, you don't get used to it. You still come back like a zombie whenever you get home. <laughs> that was going to uh, be my next question is, is do you come back like totally wiped out and then it takes a few days to recharge? It does. It does. I am bad about it of just like we were talking about it, like still haven't quite sold out. So like especially during the like with the holiday seasons, like, oh, music doesn't pay that well. So I got to come home and do a bunch of other work. So like I just hit the ground running as soon as I got home. 
Um, but it probably would be best if I did just take, and my girlfriend does try her best to try to like say, Hey, you need to stay at least at the house for one day and not do anything. Um, but she's actually experienced the, the same thing too. It's kind of, it's a little meta now because she came on the road with us, uh, for pretty much all of the fall and was our, a very key source as our merch person. Um, and she, nice. she's kind of, I think she's kind of undergoing, I don't know what you would call that, like a vertigo or uh, what's the, what's the plane thing when you're out on the plane? Jet lag? Jet lag. Yeah, jet lag. <laughs> you will also experience my lack of, even though sadly I was an English teacher in another life, my lack of vocabulary <laughs> uh, after five weeks of touring and then just trying to come back and like do a bunch of maintenance jobs <laughs> all day, like the last two days. Well, you had said that you taught English lit at some at one point. So I can only imagine that in a way I could see a job like that burning you out on reading for a little bit. Like it, it almost feel like it could go one of two ways. Like, like, yeah. Oh my God, that's what I do at work. Or, or it's just, you know, you love it so much that it's like, no, fuck yeah. Books, you know, <laughs> I am really weird with books because I never, even though I like, I went to school for English literature and I like kind of excelled at that in high school. And, um, I've never, I don't, would never consider myself an avid reader. Like I'm not reading the book at all times. I go through stages, like especially like with middle school, it was in high school, but it was really more comic books if I was reading anything. Oh, nice. Um, And I wanted to be a comic book artist for a long time. Uh, I was like, comic book artist or, or a writer on The Daily Show. That was like my stuff in high school. That's what I was doing. Like, that's what, like, that's actually kind of probably what got me on my journey to going to New York for teaching because I just wanted to be in New York City. Um, and I joined a program. But uh, like, but then my first year of teaching in New York City, I got really into reading. And I was reading, you know, like the big guys like James Joyce, like Ulysses and Anna Karenina and – uh, I remember reading like Augustus or not Augustus, uh, St. Augustine's Confessions and things like that. Um, probably just because I think I think it was just a little bit of humiliation of getting outsmarted by 12 year olds every day. Uh, maybe I needed the ego boost of like reading stuff like Milan Kundera. And I got really into stuff like uh, magic realism with uh, Salman Rushdie and uh, what's the 100 Days of Solitude? Oh, no. Uh, somebody's going to check me on that one, but I can't think. Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. So I like got really – even though like the most I was like – the high-end stuff that I was like – it was like eighth-grade English. So I was like we read The Outsiders um, and stuff like that. But <laughs> Yeah, outside of yeah. you know like the, the high school classics for, yeah. for like English lit. Like I didn't yeah. really read anything else that was classics. I've read yeah. a – fuck ton of sci-fi and fantasy books and stuff like that but but i kind of just stick to my genre and then yeah and then once discovering you know how easy it is to to read comic books in mass Mm -hmm. on comiXology Mm -hmm. then it was like i'm fucking oh yeah off and running (laughs) and so for the longest time i put novels down and Mm -hmm. i went for a span of several years without reading any novels but read you know hundreds of comic books a year yeah yeah, so that's I don't I yeah I definitely am much like a, a yearly stage thing. It's kind of like with the reading and the writing because I know that they're like I, I I listen to a ton of podcasts on like songwriting and things like that, and you'll you'll get interviews with things guys like Steve Earle and 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 uh, Gregory Allen Isaacoff and they'll say like what's your secret? It's like 
I, I think Steve Earls is the one to admit is like you have to read. You need to be able to see how language works on a page and how you can like transcribe it. And you need those ideas and you need to lead, lead life and things like that. But uh, I get mad at myself that I don't read more because I know it helps me. Once I've gone through a big reading stage and I let that gestate, that can turn into a writing phase. Um, I get a bit sad with, with how DIY music works where Elliot and I are just like anything that you see produced online is produced by us essentially other than like the booking now and like artwork that we'll give to people to make for like album covers or poster covers. That's all Elliot and I. And so the thought of coming off the road or being on the road and trying to read or trying to write a song much less is just, it's so hard to do or to find that energy. It's a bad excuse, but it, it is, it, it is really tough. No, it sounds uh, like a lot to juggle. Yeah. And I kind of, I miss the old days cause I really got, it was in Berlin, Germany when I was teaching there. Um, and a little bit before I met Elliot that I, I think it was just like, I was really dissatisfied with teaching. I don't, I don't think I ever really wanted to do it. It was just, I wanted to travel. And, uh, if anybody's looking to travel, English teaching is a great way to travel. Um, uh, that's at least for right now, uh, uh, with the English being the lingua franca of, of you can go to Asia or you can do what I did, enjoy Peace Corps and work in Ukraine as an English teacher. Um, it provides you opportunities and that's how I ended up in New York teaching. Uh, where was I going with this, Joe? I was curious when you said you joined the Peace Corps though, like what's that process yeah. like? Um, back when was that? God, that was so long ago now. I feel so old. Uh, that was in 2011 and it was a series of interviews and a lot of applications. Um, and just kind of checking on your background and seeing your, the way the Peace Corps works uh, is that they're really just looking at your skill sets and what you can do. And Peace Corps main initiative is just like, go to countries and help out in any way that you can. So like Eastern Europe, Asia, especially China want English teachers um, uh, because English is a language like business and technology. Um, if it's like something like Nepal or, or India, they're looking for people who can, who are like infrastructure or can do like teach local villages how to do irrigate, ir proper irrigation tactics and things like that. Um, in Africa, the main one is like uh, AIDS prevention education. So it's really just kind of based upon your skill sets. And that's usually why they do want people who have just graduated college and certain things. I don't know if you can get into Peace Corps without a college education, which probably is a little bit unfair. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a great helping hand on paying off that mountain of unmanageable oh, student debt. Oh, the, <laughs> We'll send you to the, the other side of the world and they'll pay oh, you in euros. <laughs> well, the, the crap – like I do think – I'll contend – even with all its problems, Peace Corps is probably one of the better ideas that the American government has had. I mean, relatively speaking, that probably doesn't mean much. Um, oh, no, I was more talking <laughs> shit on our awful system of saddling oh. saddling young 20-year-olds with unmanageable uh, debt. Uh, <laughs> th thanks, Joe Biden, for the May 1st, <laughs> May 1st extension. Um, uh, uh, but uh, where was I going? I keep getting lost. Um, Peace Corps. No, the Peace Corps is like, I think it's an awesome, great idea. But it unfortunately, like a lot of the programs don't really help that much with like paying off student debt. And like 
you essentially have to do a deferment if you do have student loans and you go and so you're at you get a poverty deferment so you're still increasing um this is very interesting talk but you're still increasing uh your uh interest you're getting interest on your loans oh, while of you're course. peace for which kind of sucked um but i still um you know, I what else? So long ago, Joe. I remember I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out um, because they were just a little bit too ingrown or whatever it is. And the United States government is like, okay, if you have to have your wisdom teeth, we're not really going to have some sort of incident where you try to go to this doctor in this small Ukrainian village and then they screw up your teeth so that you are required to do that. Um, but just a series of interviews. Uh, the cool thing about Peace Corps is you're never too old to join. Um, so if you're in, in well enough health that you can have still have that experience. I definitely think of it, it's probably a bit harder to do when you're older. Um, it seemed like the older volunteers did have maybe a bit more time or a tougher time than the younger volunteers. Um, but I, I still – next to doing music, Peace Corps is definitely my favorite life experience. Like, And I, I definitely have to credit it. Because um, I would not have had the 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 uh, confidence to play music in front of people. I've I've played guitar since I was ten, but I was always super shy. Uh, and then New York, I got used to being in front of a group of people, mostly kids, getting yelled at. Like it's like <laughs> oh, boo me, I don't care, whatever. Um, and then in Peace Corps was because, or at least in Ukraine. Literally, the only English songs are like three Beatles songs, and then "It's My Life" by Bon Jovi. <laughs> and they love, they love their concerts. And I think I played "It's My Life" probably at at least three hundred times at these large <laughs> concert functions at these different schools around Ukraine. I like, love it. I feel That's like so funny. I, feel, I feel like I became, but it helped gave me confidence. And then I ended up in Berlin, which is a very bohemian city. And I wasn't really liking the teaching stuff, and I started going to these open mics because, like, all I ever wanted to do was just play guitar and and, and sing songs and things like that. And as I said, it's a bohemian city, so you have a lot of, like, artistic experiment. And when you have experiments, you have a lot of stuff that's pretty shitty. And I was like, that guy just went up there and just did this really weird, rambling, three-chord, seven-minute song of, about – I think it maybe was a blue parrot. I'm not really sure what he was talking about, but it was complete nonsense. I can go up here and play a three-minute blues song. So you know you're not going to be the worst one of the night. Yeah, that was, that was essentially like like if it had been something like I went to school in Austin, Texas, where there's great musicians, and you know, being here in Nashville, you have the best musicians um, that you can buy. Uh, and I, I was I would not have been able to do that in these towns, but in Berlin, it was like I was able to kind of like. You know, build my confidence, like learn to be a bit of a songwriter. And Elliot was kind of doing the same thing. And we met each other at at open mics and we're just doing that rotation. So, yeah, I know we started off with Peace Corps, um, but it ended up with that. But like, yeah, Peace Corps is awesome. I would recommend I like if I'm going to get. I mean, it's not political. It's just like just serving, giving back to society and things like that, I think. It would be awesome if we had some sort of program for like to, for requirements of like people getting higher education or or just just, you know, just helping out other people. I, I think it would be an awesome thing if all United States citizens were, you know, you 
do something like Peace Corps or AmeriCorps or military, even though I have my issues with the military, um, but just some sort of way of giving back and things like that. And also just getting out of your comfort zone. I think a lot of the issues that we have in the United States are like a lot of people just think that people who live in other parts of the country are boogeyman. And like, but if you were able to go live there um, or live in other parts of the world, if you go live there and, and experiences those cultures and those customs and those ways of life, you just feel like, oh, we're kind of all the same. We're all just trying to get by and take care of our families. <laughs> Nothing uh, educates, educates like travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I definitely ex- appreciate that experience. So like where all did the Peace Corps send you then? You mentioned Ukraine and Germany. Was it pretty much just those two? Oh, so it was just Ukraine. Um, it's just it's uh, the Ukraine, Peace Corps will go anywhere a country asks for need. So Germany do, doesn't have it, but I think Poland did up until the nineties. So you but were you, just pretty much already in Europe, and so you were like, "Oh, I'm going to just go to Germany." Yeah. Well, I was in Ukraine during like the the first economic crash, um, and I all everybody was saying is like, "Do not come back to the states if you're trying to be a teacher." Like that's when they were like cracking they were like they were like dismantling like the new york city teachers union which is like teacher talk a big deal um because that's like a incredibly strong union but like things were so screwed up during that was like 2009 or something like that or some 2010 something like that uh uh it was all during the uh occupy wall street stuff um i can't remember all the years uh yeah, I'm terrible at remembering dates stuff. on shit yeah, like yeah, that too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, Peace Corps was uh, just just Ukraine, but it's all over the the planet. It's just a country has to express need, and and then as I said, it's like it's teaching English, it's infrastructure, it's working with businesses, it's working with NGOs, it's working with um, youth development, it's working with AIDS awareness. Um, and I just happened to be – well, I was at an advantage because I got a graduate degree from the program I did in New York City, which is like Teach for America. Have you ever heard of that? No. Uh, they take morons like me from the suburbs of East Texas and put us in underprivileged schools, um, which we have no business in being. Uh, like you actually really need highly qualified teachers in my opinion. Uh, but it was it's a program called New York Teaching Fellows, and you – Go through a crash course, a graduate degree, and earn your teacher teaching certification. Uh, and so I was – it's actually a really good deal for me because I got to go to Fordham University in New York City. Um, and it was like an all-graduate – I didn't pay a cent for my graduate degree. Um, but oh, I, was nice. teaching at, I was teaching at the same time. So it was awful. It was like teaching for eight hours a day and then have to go for two graduate classes in the evenings. Um <laughs> That's so rough, <laughs> dude. I did that for a little bit when I was in college, and I yeah. those night classes I was not reliable. Uh, uh, I was bad. <laughs> it was like because I was like usually pride myself on my grades in my undergrad and in graduate school. It's just like I'm just trying to get by. It's like I don't care if I have a, a low B. I don't care anymore. Um, I just want to pass. Um, but it was it's like definitely an awesome experience. And like as I said, I got a graduate degree, and when you have a graduate degree. Um, in for Peace Corps, when you apply, you are usually put at universities in those countries. So I was placed at a university in Ukraine and I kind of like had a bit more of like, I think it's changed at, after these times, like weird, confusing times of, 
I think any volunteer or anybody who applies to be a volunteer has a bit more say of where you want to go. If you want to go to a South America or Central America, you essentially have to speak Spanish fluently to that go. Makes sense. Um, I mean, otherwise but, you're just going to be a burden to the people around you. Yep, yep, yep. Um, whereas a place like Ukraine, they're actively trying to learn English. So your your knowledge of the language isn't so high, but they do. you do go through a, a language program the first three months in country. You live with a host family. Um, but I had a little bit more say. It's like, okay, I, I'm an English teacher, so I would rather go to Eastern Europe rather than Asia. And so... Out of Eastern Europe, I think, you know, I think, I know there's, I think there's Peace Corps in Bulgaria and probably Romania, um, Albania, there is definitely one, and they just placed me in Ukraine. But I, 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 I requested Eastern Europe. Nice. How did you do with the language then? Uh, I did okay. Better than I ever learned German. You have to at least learn the, the Cyrillic alphabet so you can read things. Because you're not going to be able to get around or order anything or get food or anything that makes if you sense. can't. Um, but I mean, it's it's a great way because you are living with a host family, you're you're around people. So that's the that's just the way I learned. So I actually did get decent at Ukrainian. The issue was, and I did it to myself because I was like, oh, I'm also interested in learning Russian. And they put me in the city of Poltava, which is not geographically the center of Ukraine, but definitely the cultural epicenter of Ukraine of like. Russia meets Ukrainian culture. Um, it, there was a big important battle that Peter the Great fought against Peter of Sweden, um, and he they defeated the the Russians won, and that was ensured you Russian dominance of Ukrainian Ukraine for the next three hundred years. Um, and the simplest way to explain is that all Ukrainians can speak Russian. Not all Ukrainians can speak Ukrainian. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, because the Soviets did a great job of bulldozing culture. Um, that's why they'll all disagree on who actually invented borscht. Um, <laughs> which for the people not know is a is a, a red beet soup. It's delicious. Um, and you can find it all over Eastern Europe. Um, uh, but Poltava is kind of like this epicenter where you can kind of like there's what they would call it a surgic which is this mixture of Ukrainian and Russian. So I was taught Ukrainian, but all the speaking I actually did, like in the actual context was like this mixture. So I, if somebody is talking to me, I don't actually know if I'm speaking Russian or Ukrainian sometimes. That's, and that's been, so interesting. Yeah. It was, a little, it was pretty weird sometimes, but I mean, it's 10 years down the line. Um, and I mean, I can I can order a, a drink or I can cuss out somebody if I want to. If I get mad, I can say like "idi nakhwe" and and, <laughs> and just say mean things if I get because that's the funny thing when you learn Russian, like or Ukraine is like every other word. If somebody's drunk, is a cuss word, and those guys know how to cuss. <laughs> like, English language has nothing. Like when you take the word "fuck" and compare it to what "pizdets" is, it's like whoa, you guys are hardcore. You guys are hardcore. <laughs> what does that translate <laughs> to then? Uh. It literally is, as I understood it, it's like in the C word. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is a filthy word. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and it's just like that expression. Like, Adit Nahue is like saying, go fuck yourself. Yapanamat is like, I fucked your mother. Um, 
uh, Suka is, is their version of bitch. Um, all the fun, all the fun things. Uh, where were we? <laughs> I'm suddenly just dawning on me though, that it's yeah. like, as you're watching these episodes of Hawkeye, you're probably catching like the, the little, uh, cuss words that the tracksuit mafia and like Yelena are dropping. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, there was one point where, uh, Yelena dropped Suka. I was like, Oh shoot. She just called Kate Bishop a bitch. That's what just made me think of that. When you said that, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but anybody listening right now who probably speaks Russian and Ukrainian probably very much judging my, my accent or pronunciation. Um, (laughs) I think and as fair. I said, it's like it's like ten or eleven years. Also, I, I did yeah, work right? primarily at universities where everybody was actively speaking English. That's why my German is so bad because I worked at an international school, and so it was not. I didn't have German students. I had like the United States ambassador or like Russian oligarchs' kids, um, or like businessmen from Saudi Arabia, their kids at the school. So everything was in English. And and Berlin's a very highly international city, and like you can try to go order a coffee from Starbucks, and as soon as they hear your accent, there's like just just speak in English. Um, yeah, I've really, I've been in Germany before, and and for the yeah. most part, didn't have too many problems, you know, yeah. going around not speaking any German. Yeah, it's really just the older generation, um, I think. And you like if you're trying to actively do that, you got to like find yourself a very small like like village um, uh, and things like that, wherever language you're trying to learn and just kind of isolate or, or for me, my learning style is like, I have to be cut off and be forced into it. I I think that that's, I don't, I know a handful of words in Spanish, but like Mm -hmm. I couldn't speak in Spanish, but, and I've thought about learning languages before and like German would be a a great one, but it seems like it'd be pretty tough. Spanish seems like it would be the most applicable, um, yeah, something like Latin would just be fun, even though it's a dead language. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, this learning a language, like, what's the quiz? Like, every, you lead different lives, and you just understand things. So it's just like, like, the the context is in the, in the weight of different words, like, that you use of your language. You, like, you learn so much things about the culture um, of, I'm not sure, I'm not explaining myself very much, very well right now in that in that idea but just like no i get what you're saying like like, you learn things about the culture when you learn the language yeah and you understand things about the culture too that you can't understand just by somebody explaining it to you in english yeah totally Um, yeah um and just you know you understand more about your own culture like you know just you know looking at like what's going on in the united states now and just like this is and just being able to examine like yourself a little bit more like it's really weird to go into a, a U.S. Uh, grocery store after being in Europe. And just it's a very overwhelming how we like so much choice and so much junk food and the priorities that we set in terms of, of, of what is acceptable for eating. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I heard yeah. the, the first um, little – yeah, kind of like I guess it was like a little grocery store of sorts that we went into in Germany and mm-hmm. – yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a very different oh, thing yeah. going into a store here. And, and then also like, you know, obviously because it's like a lot of the brands were different. They still had like Pepsi or mm-hmm. what was it? It was either, I think it might've been just Coke that we saw everywhere. 
At this point, yeah. I don't remember which, but it was like we exclusively only saw one or the other. Yeah. And and the other thing that I thought was that they didn't they had like uh, sparkling water was yeah. like the norm, oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's kind of gotten more popular over here now. I'm kind of into it. It really does help with a hangover. I can understand why they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to just try it plain because every time I've tried yeah. it like flavored, it is fucking god awful. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get. You can't just do the Kroger brand. You gotta do like the. I'm gonna mispronounce it. The Lacroix. Lacroix. I got Lacroix. It sucked. Oh no! <laughs> There's one that's like really good. I don't know. It's 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 definitely like a. It's like a. It's like a taste thing. It's like you gotta get into. It's like I wasn't really into drinking coffee or tea before 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 Germany and Ukraine, and then just being there, and I'm just like addicted to them. Oh man! Now. Yeah, I, I remember like, there was a point in time in my life where I didn't have coffee, <laughs> and now it's like yeah. I have so much coffee all the time now. I like, like live how on. do I function without <laughs> this thing? Um, or it's just like I got. I remember like I prefer Diet Coke just after drinking it more rather than actual Coke. Or you know, um, my girlfriend's vegan and and she tries to help me be a better person, and I'll do that now. But I've actually gotten to the point where I I much prefer. Things like almond milk or oat milk um, to actual milk. I know there's somebody's going to comment now. I was like, ah, there's still there's there's ethical issues with that. And I was like, I know, I know, and there's no moral there's no moral choices in late stage capitalism. Blah blah blah. But I actually that prefer, is pretty true. I mean, you can just yeah. got to do the best you can. Really, you if you just go you through life with like this, uh, just don't be an asshole. You yeah, know, don't tr- be an asshole. Try and put more positivity than negativity into the space yeah. around you. And, it, yeah. and if everybody lived by that, it would like yeah. we'd all be living like fucking Care Bears or something, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd all be beaming with positivity because negativity yeah. is is it's both corruptive yeah. and it's fucking sticky. Yeah, you know, you but toss man. it at somebody, and it's going to stick to them. Whereas positivity, mm-hmm. you know, it's hey, yeah. There's more people just need to be cool. Yeah, just. Just stop all the judgment. It really just needs to happen. It's like just like let people live their lives. They're not trying to. Yeah, just stop creating these boogeymen out of people. It's it's really dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah, it gets like, really also, frustrating because it's like it's the same thing over and over again. It is. It is. It is very frustrating. Like a lot of the the disagreements going on in this country right now. It's just like this is why are we having this dumb conversation? I saw this epic video thing on Instagram of a guy owning a person who was, was like, I trust my immune system. That's why I'm not going to get the vaccine. I trust my immune system. And it's just like, so tell me if you're considering having sex with this person who has gonorrhea or syphilis, do you trust your immune system or are you going to use protection? And it's like, well, obviously I would use protection. It's like, why are we having this conversation? Because that's exactly what a vaccine does. It protects yeah, it's, you. It's, it's just protection. <laughs> It's in, just protection. And it's recommended by doctors. I'm, recommended. I'm not a doctor, and yeah. I tend to take medical advice from my doctor. Yeah. Like, just, but, yeah. yeah. Or like you'll, my my you'll arm take... is sore as fuck right now because I just got my booster earlier today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I think I shared on the Heroes of Noise podcast with Dan. I actually I unknowingly took an edible the day that I got my Johnson & Johnson, so I had no effect. <laughs> or if I did have effects... I don't, I don't remember them. I got to um, hear the story of how one unknowingly takes an edible. I've done it surprisingly many times. I will just like <laughs> literally just forget. 
Like somebody will say, "Hey, do you want to take this?" And I'll be like, "Sure." Like I, I, I definitely don't belong in clubs. Um, like things like that. Just like I just like let people like experiment to me on th- on things, and I'll just like literally just forget that I'm on an edible, and I'll just be watching. Uh, the first time I watched Dune, I was on an edible. Um, uh, I think what was it, it was Sea Spiracy that that the the the. The documentary that was on Netflix, and I was like, I "Yes, we are, that. we are killing the ocean." But something was really off about it, and I don't think it was because just because I was on an edible. But I could, I, I started laughing hysterically. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was very angry at me. Oh no! Like, this is serious. It's like there's just something wrong with the narrative going on here. I understand the peril of what we are doing <laughs> to the oceans, um, <laughs> and it's like, why are you laughing? It's like, oh shit! You know what? A couple hours ago, I took an edible. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. But no, the, the, Edibles the whole, don't work on me. No? Nope. Oh, gosh. Dude, I they, we, we um like, I was in Colorado a, a, uh-huh. a, a, like a long time ago mm-hmm. and, and partook of some edibles and got up to, what was it, either 550 or 600 milligrams eating Jeez. all at once. And I was fine. Oh my God. What was, did you eat a whole brownie plate? <laughs> no, they were like gummy worm things. Ugh. Yeah. No effect. I was like, well, that's a real bummer. <laughs> I was like, and then I'll listen yeah. to podcasts where somebody's like, Oh, I took 20 milligrams and I was on the moon. And I'm like, fuck. Like, huh. Well, on, on tour, I won't say who it was, but a person gifted me 25 milligrams and I'm still to take, I'm still too scared to take it. <laughs> Um, so like because like I think it was I was I did I took a ten milligram in Detroit a couple months back and I was just I was not freaking out but it was just like having this awful guilt about because as a like uh, I was because of what I was in Ukraine I I have seen you know uh, the devastation of of a failed communist state and what that does mm-hmm. but when I was in Detroit. That was nothing like that showed me there's nothing compared to a failed capitalist experiment of like white flight and everything leaving. It's like Detroit, the certain parts of Detroit. And I love Detroit. Detroit is an amazing city. It is awesome how much they've clawed back. But there are some parts where it's just like, oh, my God, like, how can this happen here? How can how come this much devastation? And this is not a war zone. This is just like white flight and economic failure of, of so many people. Um, uh, and I was just had, I was just went in some dark places. There was one point where like my girlfriend was driving us and we, we passed by this part where there was a, a school on one side and a prison right on the other side of the street. And I was like, this is too meta that's, for my brain. Whoa, that's fucked yeah. up. Totally fucked up. How would a zoning thing let that happen? No, I was just like, what are you, what, what's, and I mean, like, I wouldn't be, I mean, when I was in New York City, those schools, like you felt like you were in a prison with all the the, the caged wiring on the staircases and they had them. There was a charter school and a part of it and they had it all closed off from where the, 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 the public school students had. And it's like, are you just apparently pre- trying to prepare these kids for prison? Like this is awful. This is like disgusting of like what you guys – and that's why I like made that comment. It's like just like putting my dumb suburban Texas overprivileged ass – and putting me as like this little band-aid on a dam that is obviously cracking and breaking. Um, and just knowing that just like if anybody's like wondering what the, the what public school education is like and how much like how 
screwed over these kids are and how they know they are, they need to watch the fourth season of The Wire. I feel like that's the best interpretation. It is not freaking, you know, it's not Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, it's not um, <laughs> Dangerous Minds. <laughs> Dangerous Minds is not her teaching these 30 year old kids. Um, uh, it's not, you know, what was that freedom writers thing? So it's like, it's, it's, it's really bad. People need to understand how bad it is, how much we are failing kids in America right now, like horribly. Yeah. As uh, much money as this, like, you know, is our government's willing to just dump into the, um, you know, military industrial complex, if they would take just a percentage of that and just put it into like really poor communities and raise these poor communities up, you know, the, the world would, America as a whole would be a much better place if there were yeah. less poverty centers. If you were to take the money and invest yeah. it into those poverty centers, you're going to see the crime disappear. I mean, mm -hmm. there's still always going to be a criminal element because there's a percentage of it everywhere. But the higher yeah. a poverty rate is in an area, the higher crime's mm -hmm. going to be because there's people there who don't yeah. feel like they have any other choice but to turn to crime. But if you give those yeah. people other choices, the mm -hmm. good people that are in that community are going to rise up. And they're going to exactly. embrace those those choices that are being offered to them, and 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 to just think that oh no no we we got to spend another you know several trillion dollars on 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 some you know defense project or whatever, and it's like we, we always need to have a certain amount of money, um, you know, going to our military, especially because we've pissed so many people in the world off. But when you look at what the United States spends on a military budget next to like the next highest spender. It's it's fucking insane. It's like we spend oh, so no. much. It's like nobody we, nobody nobody can come at the United States. Like we've all right, we've won militarily. Like you guys can you guys can stop. There's there's nothing literally they can do. And then uh, the the thing that really pisses me off though is that any real meaningful cuts that's ever done to the military, it's always done on the troops. And it's like no, that's fucking bullshit. Cut it from these these companies that are like pulling in billions of dollars every year on these you know big hefty contracts and shit like that. Cut that money out. Don't yeah. don't do it to the troops. Like don't do it to yeah. the actual people that make up our fucking army or yeah. you know our military. It's I don't know. I really do feel like big money has really fucked up America right now. And until horribly until they can re yeah. repeal fucking Citizens United and and start putting fucking term limits on these fuckers that are in office. Yeah. It's it just feels like a toxic brew that's not going to fix itself because there's no incentive for it to fix itself. No. Joe Manson got billions of or millions of dollars. Oh, I hate his from, fucking from face. The coal industry since like obviously like, yeah, it, I mean, I have nothing else to add to that. It's exactly right. It's just like the media is coming after Biden for Afghanistan because the the military complex is paying them to come after, to, to point it out. It's like that was, I mean, who knows if Biden could have done any better, but like that was a catch-22. It was already fucked. And the reason why they wanted it to keep going is because they can keep spending on this military industrial complex, keep on developing new weapons, keep on – not make troops safer or anything or give them better armor – or build up the actual infrastructure of Afghanistan so it actually could be a freestanding country. No, just hit, keep on having weapons to kill people. Um, and then, yeah, Joe Manson just – like, and that's just the most infuriating things. Like, they, the Congress and Senate just approved this – was this seven or $9.9 .9 trillion in one year for our military but can't approve the Build Back Better thing, which is like $2.9 over 10 years or something like that? Yeah, sad. It's, it's it's totally fucked. And it's just 
you know, like, I don't want to get too, I, like, I'm at this point, it's just like, Republican, Democrat, they're all, they're all, except for a few exceptions, this is all fucked. Oh, yeah. This is all fucked, and you just, like. <laughs> well, it just, it, it feels like there's, there's too many people on both sides of the fence that have no real interest in changing the status quo, because they're not. personally benefiting from it right now. Yep. And, yep. yeah, I don't know, it's. It's wild, especially when you look at these career politicians and see what their net worth was before they went into office and what their current net worth is. And then you track it back and it's like all these fucking Wall Street investments and shit that if they didn't make out right, then like their husband or their wife did. And it's like, yeah. this is so fucking shady. <laughs> it's yeah, right like, out in the open. Well, like, Pelosi saying like you can't control the free market. was like, you are the ones controlling the free market. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking madness dude yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So. i don't know but somehow they keep getting into fucking office but then you see like the caliber of some of these people that want to run for public office and like i've always been big at the belief that like the people who shout the loudest like let me be your leader i want to be your leader it's like you are automatically disqualified because you yeah. want the position no no we want we want the reluctant king thank you very much <laughs> You know, we want the person who leadership was thrust upon them and, the, and they found that they did well despite yeah. overwhelming circumstances. Those are those yeah. like, good ones. But the people who are just like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. I don't know, man. I don't trust you right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. There's a, there was a meme that says like the billionaires and the ruling class, they don't want Star Trek. They want Dune. I was like, that is <laughs> so very true. Dude. So very true. Dune was so, so fucking levels. ahead of its time with those messages in it too. Oh yeah. With oh, all yeah. the shit. Because, and, and they left all that shit out of the movie, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. But you know, all yeah. the stuff with, with, with Chome and, and the, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, the spice shares and how much money it really makes and how it was yeah. really money behind the scenes that moved a whole lot of this. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> how far into the books have you read? I got to God Emperor Dune and didn't finish it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that's where I'm at it's on my current like, reread. That's where that's where it just got like it's like I I am having a very hard time. It's like so, wait, is he a giant sandworm now? He is like, a wait, giant sandworm he, now. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, I I think it was just like I was like on a high high re, uh, reading kick, and I just blasted through the first three books, mm-hmm. and then I just didn't pick it up again. But I mean, like. Children of Dune is one of my favorite books, and I really do hope That's, they get. Isn't it great? It's so like I mean, it's it's really weird because uh, 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 the 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 second one I always forget it because it's such a weird Dune Messiah. Short, Dune Messiah. Is like, it's very short. Book. Yeah. Well, what is this book? Um, I'm sure there's some sort of publication deadline thing or something that probably would explain it. But it's just like this. just seems like a number another chapter of Children of Dune. Um, and that's actually how the sci-fi series did it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that. That was how the, yeah. the miniseries on sci-fi did it. Yeah. And I kind of, I mean, we it talked makes about, sense I, that way because otherwise yes. this children of Dune makes no sense. Oh, absolutely. because you need that. But, but Messiah really is kind of a stepping stone story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And it's like, definitely not, it's just weird. It's just like, it's not on a level of Dune, nowhere near the level of children of Dune, but it's like necessary. It's like, it's like you're, it's like the, the, Thor the Dark World. It's like, you don't <laughs> understand why you need it, but yeah, oh, okay, we actually needed it. <laughs> um, thankfully, Endgame was yeah. able to give it like a little bit more credence. I, yeah, I was I, never a huge hater of the Dark World, but I mean, it is lower in my rankings. 
Yeah, I wasn't a. I'm never a huge hater of any of the Marvel films. Like I always say, what they do. Like it's always like, eh, okay, yeah, that that at least makes sense in the context of things. Um, it's a thing about pizza, he, like, right? Keeps, yeah, right. <laughs> when yeah, it's, it's bad. Just, like, it's good. It, when it's bad, it's good. It's not even. It's it's not even that bad. Um, and I do appreciate how Marvel is so good at like. It's not really retconning, but saving. Like you guys were talking about this, I think was like. Holy shit! Did they just save Amazing Spider-Man two? Oh did yeah, they just yeah. That where it's like worth watching, <laughs> <laughs> like because they definitely like like Andrew Garfield is like a highlight of the film. It's like oh god, I found him so annoying in the films. It's like oh, I, I, I did get not this. like 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 I didn't even like on my Spider-Man rewatch come up to this. I was like, I don't even yeah. want to revisit those movies. No. I was so mad at Amazing Spider-Man. Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Andrew Garfield's performance in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, but I do feel like they didn't really write his character really like he was yeah. very yeah. Peter Parker-ish. He, he was just kind of a guy named Peter Parker that had a lot of the same stuff yeah. going on. But um, yeah, like No Way Home spoilers. Um, no Way Home spoilers. Oh, sorry. I forgot. <laughs> no, I'm just saying right now. No Way Home spoilers. That... That moment when when Ned, you know, uses the sling ring and opens up the mm-hmm. portal and we just see that silhouette. And yeah. you can just tell by the body shape, like, oh, that's Andrew Garfield. He's, he's really like, in it. He's really like, in it. And then he steps through and pulls the mask off and it's like, no fucking way. Yeah. And it's just like, what, I can't remember where I heard it. It's like somebody says, like, it's so McFarlane. He, he represents or he's just the best human, like capturing of the McFarlane Spider-Man that that design of the costume and then his like lankiness and things like that because both Tobey Maguire and in Spider in in Tom Holland they're great Spider-Man but they're like Tom Holland is like short and stocky you know yeah. whereas yeah. like Andrew Garfield really does that like like kind of like skinny lankiness to him of of like the Todd McFarlane drive like a, like a human gazelle yes exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah, I couldn't uh, believe the the emotional wrap up that mm-hmm. that they gave in No Way Home to to the Amazing Spider Man films. It made me want yeah. Amazing Spider Man three, yeah, of of some sort. It's like fucking do it, I, do I it. So now talking about maybe a Spider Man four for Toby, and I was like, I don't know what that would be. It was probably one of those like like comicbooks.com or one of those like joke things. It's like, there's no way. Yeah. It's um, just gotta make it. I could see Andrew Garfield being a lot more keen to come back yeah. and do that sort of stuff again over, over yeah. Toby, but you never know. Maybe he had a lot yeah. of fun doing that stuff in no way home. Yeah. 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 Um, now I'm just confused. Like, so it would, would Tom Hardy be, would he come back as like a, his own MCU verse? Or would they recast that? Because I would be kind of bummed. But then are they going to have separate? Because they can't. Are they going to keep doing Venom? They're obviously going to do a Venom three because that was, even though that movie was hilariously bad. I still haven't another, watched Let There Be Carnage. A, a movie I definitely made sure I was on an edible to see. Uh, <laughs> all the listeners are going to think I'm some sort of pothead. Uh, <laughs> no, I just occasionally do edibles, mostly when I go see movies. Um, but uh, like, I'm, like sure, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure it did well enough for them to highlight or to to a uh, green light of Venom three, um, but like it will get really confusing if he's Venom here and then he's Venom here. But I, like I'll be so sad if he's not Venom with Tom Holland. Um, I guess I can't. He's he's become 
even though I haven't been a fan of the Venom movies all that much, he for me is Venom just as much as almost as Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. So I was like, who else would be Venom? They definitely set it up to do, if not an MCU Venom, they've definitely got it set up for that symbiote to make its way to New York City and yeah. and find its way onto Peter Parker and then give us the black suit Spider-Man. But yeah. then you'd think you would have to come off and then, but it's, it's like, does then it just reconnect back with yeah. Eddie Brock somehow? It's It'll be yeah. interesting to see what sort of gymnastics yeah. they do to pull that off. The black suit, was that like an 80s thing? Because I, I, my knowledge of it, like, is just from reading Wizard Comics or the Wizard magazine. I don't know if people remember that. It was that magazine. Oh, yeah, about, I remember Wizard. And and then just the cartoon. And so the black suit is synonymous. It's like it's like you have to have the Venom ending. You can't just end with the black suit. Like, so if they introduce, for me, like, just psychologically, if you introduce the black suit, in that MCU, you eventually have to have Venom. You can't just have him have the black suit and then he eventually gets rid of it or something like that. Well, yeah, that seems like at some point after, you know, Peter Parker rejects the the symbiote, then, yeah. then that's when, you know, the symbiote then... Because in the comics, that's when it joins with Eddie Brock and then, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. But then and the I character guess- became so popular that they turned him into an anti-hero, and then he was yeah, with Flash yeah. Thompson also. So then mm-hmm. the thought is, in the MCU, are they going to have a version of Venom where it's the symbiote on Flash? Okay, so they just they just would skip Eddie Maybe Brock. because they've already got Eddie Brock operating in, in the, yeah. you know, the Venom-verse, I guess is what they're calling yeah. it. Yeah, I guess I was just, I was really looking forward to Tom Holland, Tom Hardy. It could uh, happen, it, dude, because with happen. the whole multiverse thing now, it's yeah. like literally every single comic book movie that's Marvel mm-hmm. you know, feasibly could be part of the multiverse right now. There's no yeah, yeah they it, could just write some way to bring them back. It, I mean, they you could say that those Fantastic Four movies, you know, the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four and then Rise of the Silver Surfer, you could say that both of those are in some part of the multiverse. Yeah, I hope they don't bring those in. Those were <laughs> that that Galactus thing was almost unforgivable. Yeah, but if they could and just get Chris <laughs> Evans to come back and, and cameo as <laughs> people be so confused as Johnny Storm, and then the yeah. other MCU characters being like, doesn't he look familiar? <laughs> Cap, yeah. This this flaming um, guy in the Fantastic Four's multiverse, you yeah. know, from the other universe, there he kind of looks yeah. like Cap. <laughs> yeah. I am surprised. I mean, I love Patrick Stewart. I just every time I'm watching the the Picard show, I just I'm seeing his age, and I'm surprised they're trying to get him back for Xavier potentially for like with the leaks that are going on with Doctor. Yeah, Strange. but if if they do get him in, I guarantee they're going to use their the de aging technology on. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to yeah. see like like early next generation sure. Patrick Stewart looking. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. And it would probably just be a one shot, I guess. Probably, I can't imagine them getting being able to get him for a whole, the whole new X Men. Yeah, well, I don't know. And if those leaks pan out, and he is like, you know, on some sort of multiverse Illuminati, and so's this mm-hmm. multiverse version of Baron Mordo in the yeah. in the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer, there's a scene in there where you see him, you see Doctor Strange fighting with Baron Mordo. With, yeah. with Mordo, and it looks like Strange has got some sort of manacles on his wrist. And so that mm. made me think, is this where they're like imprisoned and being, you know, they're escaping from yeah. this council or something? So maybe yeah. that's part in in a part right. of the movie where we're going to get. Yeah. You know, well, I'm like 
because I keep on holding because like right before WandaVision came out, there was this little like teaser trailer thing where it was just uh, what's her Elizabeth Olsen, and she's talking about the House of M story, um, and just like the No More Mutants line. And it's like, is this some sort of? Is it? I keep on feeling. Like, is this a? Was that just a misdirection, or are they eventually just going to get to this thing where she somehow? They're, that's how they're eventually just going to bring the mutants in, where she apparently just said before all any of the even the MCU happened, she said no more mutants. I, I that's just one thing I. Well, that, I wonder that, if they're going to do that a came, reverse. That came out of left field, but I, I have no idea. <laughs> well, no, I've yeah. I've heard that too. That speculation yeah. that maybe it would be a reverse of that, and instead of her saying you know no more mutants, it'll be more of like a let there be mutants or. Oh, okay. Oh, right, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. That, that that seems like a really silly line, but you or know so, something along that effect. Get her children; she has to bring in the mutants. Essentially, yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be pretty yeah. dope. Um, yeah, God, I still don't know what to think about the. It's getting really big because because we have this, and then we have Kang, because we still have Ant Man, and we have the Loki stuff, and, and with 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 Kang coming into that, into the multiverse of that, and just the. It's going to be very interesting to see because Marvel – I know they have infinite resources now and infinite money of all they want. But just like, <laughs> man, this is like getting like Dune level like size of just backstory and things to be able to understand um, of, of just like understanding all the, the multiverses and all the different histories of all these different things and then just like carrying that on a plate. I mean, in Feige, we trust. I know Feige has a plan, and it'll probably work out. And even if it doesn't work out, it'll still be decent enough, like we just said. It's like it's pizza. It's still pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I wanted, like, So what did you think of – because I just listened to you guys talk about Hawkeye. Hawkeye spy. Are we allowed to go into Hawkeye? Yeah, spoilers? dude. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, how did, let's talk Hawkeye episode six. Yeah, what did you think of that? Because I just listened to you guys talk about episode five. On Dude. PC, like literally earlier today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just like, oh, oh shoot! Wait a minute, is Kingpin? Wait, wait, what did they just do? Wait, no. I I loved it, dude. I I literally yeah. it was like I I laughed, I cried, I cheered. Like yeah. I I, it, I loved it. Um, when it was all said and done, and I thought about it for like the following like twenty four hours or so, mm-hmm. I, there was definitely parts of the story that that they rushed through. That they mm-hmm. could have expanded more on, yeah. um, that that you know I think we could have had a little bit more of a satisfying um, wrap up to those things had they they spent a little bit more time developing them. But yeah. I was otherwise so happy with the things that I did get that I was wanting to yeah. see it that none of that mattered to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. When I was actually watching it, none of that stuff mattered. Um, like I really wanted to see. Uh, Jack have a moment of being a hero and like yeah. him showing up at the party with a fucking sword. Yeah. <laughs> and then Clint yeah. even saying like he shows up at a party with a sword after being cu- getting out of jail for being accused yeah. of killing somebody with a sword. Weird flex. <laughs> so he's they're pretty much just saying like, okay, this is the swordman. Maybe not exactly the swordman that you guys exactly. know from the comic, but this guy is, is the swordman. And if he and ends like, up joining the LARPing group, maybe he does start teaching people sword skill, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love that story with Jack. That was something I wanted to see. Um, I am head over heels in love with any time Haley Steinfeld 
and Florence Pugh are on the screen together. Oh, because yeah. They're they, the best part of the show. Oh, they're fucking dynamite. They're, yeah. they're funny. They're, they're adorable. Their chemistry is just amazing. I want to see... Mm-hmm. I want to see an entire series that's just about the new Black Widow and the new Hawkeye. Like, that would be so fucking yeah. cool, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hawk, yeah, Black Widow and Hawkeye. I think that's like, I feel like that's that should just be um, what it, greenlit now. Because they were definitely like the highlight for me of the show as well. And just like, I think it was, that was definitely something that I feel like Feige, if he's going where I think he's going or trying to do, definitely saw ahead because like, like when I lo- watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was just like, six episodes, couldn't it have just been a movie? And it's like, but because those characters, even though we've seen them in a ton of movies, aren't established as like headliners of movies, but now they are. Yeah. And like now Kate Bishop and Yelena can be in a movie and it's like, oh shit, we all know who they are. And it would t- like, you could literally throw all of the characters who have now been in their series, throw them into a movie's Avenger one style movie. And we would totally buy it. Um, or Avengers two thing. And we don't have to watch Thor the dark world. We like, like, okay, we got this. And we can just literally just do a team up movie now. Um, uh, I, I thought all the action in it was fantastic. The little yeah, montage yeah. with them making the trick arrows was really fun. Uh, yeah. The, Oh my gosh. The, the, the emotional, scene between uh clint and yelena really worked for me it was fantastic yeah. uh, i was it, i was yeah i was, I was say, it made kinda, me tear up yeah. like it was whoo yeah i was kind of hoping that she would be able to go home with them because i think that would have been because one of the kids is named still after natasha right yeah 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 i think that could have been a very i mean they already had emotional kicks and it would be unrealistic but just like like maybe have her show up separately and then she meets the meets the families like <laughs> Like this was Natasha's family, too, and that by by that ergo you are part of this family, even though you didn't know it. Um, but that I mean maybe that'll happen. Probably I don't know. I don't know if Renner is game to. I it's 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 interesting to see who is still game to come back because like obviously Downey Jr. Who knows about Chris Evans? Like it seems like he hated the character at first, but then grew to love it. Kind of same with Chris Hemsworth. He seems like game just to keep doing it. Obviously, it seems like uh, uh, Hulk, uh, Ruffalo. He just seems to be game, <laughs> right? He's, He's just about. He about just it. seems to love the character. <laughs> like I was like, when is he gonna get his movie? You clear up this shit with Universal. That's the movie I want. I want the Hulk movie because, <laughs> like, he for me is the best Hulk so far. No um, shit. Why wouldn't Universal want to just enter into some sort of agreement? The, the way that Sony it. did, but also to think that like a standalone Hulk movie is going to do anything in numbers like a Spider-Man movie would is even yeah. even with as much exposure as mm-hmm. as Mark Ruffalo's got, I don't think that he'd draw. He's the Hulk's mm-hmm. just not the same draw that Spider-Man is like, especially internationally. Yeah, that is true. That's, I yeah, he just broke my bubble, there, Joe, because he's my favorite character. It's like ah, and just <laughs> he's super compelling, and they and they've, and they've tried twice. And it just hasn't worked. Donnie uh, Cates is writing a, a run on the Hulk right now that is mm-hmm. incredible. And it's a take yeah. on the creature that or on the character that I've never, ever seen before. Oh, wow. OK. So basically, like this whole this whole first I'll, I'll kind of give you a rundown of what I remember on the first issue. Um, mm-hmm. Banner is got like people talking to him, like basically telling him that, you know, you, you can't telling him that, like he can't pursue this current course of action that he's doing and mm-hmm. 
and him saying, you know, like, you know, no, this is going to work, you know, kind of believing in what he's doing. And then you keep seeing these scenes of the Hulk and it's like, he's like almost imprisoned and like fighting all these different, like things that are attacking him and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, there's like kind of an explain it all scene with, with Dr. Strange talking to a bunch of the Avengers in the middle of the book. And he's saying mm-hmm. that basically Bruce Banner has like partitioned his mind off so that the Hulk is being imprisoned in like a part of his mind. And Banner Mm -hmm. is like in like this giant, he's like built this giant like palace in his mind. Yeah. And, and like he's sitting like in this area where it's almost like the bridge of like a starship and he's basically piloting Mm -hmm. the Hulk from there. Okay. It's fucking memory palace. It's fucking wild. It's, that would be a trippy movie. That would be a hyper It's fucking weird. And, but then he like breaks into this like secure location that Tony Stark has. And Tony Stark's got this big giant fucking suit, like an Iron Man suit that's big enough to fit a celestial. And it's got Whoa. some sort of portal in its chest where the arc reactor should be. And mm-hmm. Hulk like goes through that portal. What? And then it's like, oh my God, I don't know if it issue number two is dropped yet, but I will be fucking reading it when it does. Okay. Man, maybe I need, I feel like <laughs> Donnie Cates is just, he can do crazy shit with characters that he'll take yeah. in directions that you never would have imagined. And along the way, it's a fucking amazing ride. And so it's like yeah. so far in that dude, when it comes to comic books, I trust what, what he's doing with these characters. Yeah. Um, that's super. It's always interesting of like, cause I know you're the interviewee, but I want to ask you a question. No, please like, go ahead. Of like, of like how they choose to, to introduce characters of like, of like, obviously like, like with, 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 uh, Thanos or Ultron, like we are introduced to them at like probably their most popular points of like age of Ultron that, that story arc. Um, but he was, but like, or Thanos, like he originally like the, the, he was introduced, but I'm pretty sure like the whole, the gauntlet quest was down the line of his character things. And it's interesting to see like, well, we've already introduced the Hulk, so that would be dumb. But like, I guess I'm just wondering what, if they give Hulk a new movie, what would the storyline be? Would it be something like that? Or is like, it's going to be world war Hulk, even though we've kind of explored that already with that's Thor the, Ragnarok planet Hulk would have been the first one that I think most fans would have said yeah. and they kind of gave us yeah. a little bit of that storyline mm-hmm. in Ragnarok yeah to where it would it would feel like parts of it would feel very familiar and also mm-hmm. he's already been to Sakaar so I mean they they totally yeah. did kind of do yeah. that there but I mean that's they can't a super send them back. yeah and like for anybody that's like curious what that storyline is either either check out the you know look up the trade planet hulk or you can find an animated movie of it that Marvel did years ago. Yeah. That it's like yeah. one of Marvel's Marvel doesn't hit animation the way DC does. It's yeah. kind of a weird flip flop. DC movies, you know, aren't, oh, aren't, so the, aren't the greatest so on the weird. whole, but their animated ones are fucking top shelf where Man. this is a Marvel gem, this planet Hulk yes. one. Totally worth yeah. checking out. Yeah, the Green Lantern DC, the first one, was actually like really good. It was like, oh, man, I feel bad for Ryan Reynolds that he wasn't given this script. Because <laughs> uh, like, that actually worked. Oh, so um, much of the DC animated stuff oh. is just top shelf, dude. Like, I mean, Flashpoint's still that, one of my favorites. Oh, Flashpoint is great. Um, uh, hopefully they just steal a lot of that. Like, I kind of want a whole, whole twist of where Michael Keaton is actually just Bruce. He's Thomas Wayne. I think that would be kind of like, I'm 
would be kind of into that. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people would be be disappointed. Um, yeah, spoiler I, on that one. I, Sorry, folks. I, I don't <laughs> see him coming back and playing anybody but Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think Michael Keaton is very, very proud of of the work he did with that character. As as he should be. Oh, like, fucking absolutely. I mean, I, I love Christian Bale, and I, I man, The Dark Knight is such a great film. But damn it, if if Michael Keaton isn't my Batman not able to turn his head Batman. Um, <laughs> um, the whole body turned to look around. Uh, it's like, that's yeah. what a martial arts expert yeah. wants. But I <laughs> that, guess that's the, what I think whenever yeah. I see like a ninja character in a deep hood. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because they don't need their peripheral vision yeah. to pull off these next love, level moves. And I love that they make fun of it in the dark night. It's like, you want to be able to turn your head so you don't get bit by a dog. <laughs> And that's when we get motorcycle helmet Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I, can't, I had some other questions that came up, but I was like, how do you think, what are you seeing for X-Men introduction? Are you thinking reverse House of M? Or are you think like, the guy who's doing the new run of, or the latest thing with X-Men? Um, uh, Is that Hickman? Hickman, yeah. Have you read that? I have not read the newer stuff, but, but I know Steve Mysell's been like, really really stoked about it and so whenever he's posting positive things about it online you know that always Mm -hmm. makes me happy and so i'm like okay i've got to get to this i think i started his run does his run maybe start at where he did secret wars oh i have no clue because i I, I read his run on secret wars and that was fucking great yeah so my i should actually reveal i'm the worst comic book nerd ever my (laughs) comic collection time spanned in the 90s Mm-hmm. So we're talking the like Jim Chris Lee Claremont stuff. X-Men and stuff, though. Yeah, but like Chris Claremont was like, I think he was like forced, forced out by Jim Lee, that shady stuff. Um, oh, I but guess also I don't know like the history of and, and ending, ending with the Onslaught stuff. So that there goes all of my street cred for, for I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers that really bad storyline that led into the Heroes Reborn thing. And people are just going, ugh, and probably just like, fuck this dude. He doesn't know anything about comic books. Um, <laughs> that was one of my collection thing, but I still like, I will still pick up comics and I'll still like read the, the, the novellas or the, the graphic novel collections. Oh yeah. And actually I was going to mention there's the, where I learn all my stuff now, just cause I'm really, I like my phrase phase now is I just don't read anything. And there's so many things I want to read. And I just don't read anymore. Um, but there is a guy on YouTube and he literally will just describe the entire plot. I'll just break it pictures. down for you. He'll have the picture of it and he'll be like reading it. So that's how I know Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. That's what I was thinking it was going to be World War, World War Hulk. Yeah, that's where he comes back all pissed off to get his revenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I was like, I was like, I, cause I, now I know I'm like 10, 15 years behind. I was like, how is he even accepted back? But like, I mean, the, the Marvel universe, I don't recognize it at all. Like, I mean, I know at, at some point Cyclops is the biggest bad. Where everybody hates him. Uh, oh yeah, my my Marvel knowledge and like comic, like the Marvel, like I've at this point I have read a lot of Marvel stuff, but it's all kind of here and there, and a yeah. lot of it's kind of MCU driven. Like if there's something coming out where, yeah. like when WandaVision was on, I was reading a shitload of yeah. Wanda and Vision comics. Yeah, um, when Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier was on, I was you know I I read exactly the oh what is that one called. Uh, it 
it's like red, white, and blue, something like that. Um, I'm that was a terrible example to bring up of a book no, no, that no, I can't no, even remember no. the title okay, of. Okay. But like you know, like I I tend to read more stuff kind of depending on on what's going on there, um, yeah. you know, because. Like in them with with Hawkeye coming up, I got into reading the Matt Fraction run, and so yeah. I'm I'm kind of in the middle of that right now, and yeah. just enjoying the shit out yeah. of it. But um, oh yeah, I'm I've always got like a handful of books that I'm juggling. It's the same time I'm also um, since No Way Home came out, it got me stoked to go back and read some um, Todd McFarlane Spider Man stuff. So I downloaded mm-hmm. some of that, and so I've I'm got some of that in process. Yeah, I think I've got three different novels i'm reading right now too it's I'm, 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 I'm stretched pretty thin right now it's pretty terrible no it's a good it's a good thing and it's like reading is great for your for you and for your mind just keep it going so it's a healthy exercise i wish i did it more yeah like um, I, I love the the idea of listening to audiobooks but for me since mm-hmm. i write also like i think it's important for me to read Mm-hmm. like written word like that especially yeah. because it's like so many different authors have different styles of punctuation and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so yep. i always like yep. to pay attention to that yep. and and kind of see how different people do i'm kind of like a process nerd when it comes to stuff like oh, i'm the same like i know is for songwriting it's just like being able to see how the words are functioning in a visible form like accessibly for like with poetry and things like that and, and in oh, writing yeah. with prose just like knowing how the words fit together in some sort of meter and things like that and and seeing other artists doing that it's not just like stealing lines and things like that for me it's just like you know i can definitely i have songs that were very inspired by the structure of writing of like salman rushdie because i love the way he would just phrase sentences and things like that um nice but uh yeah i would like going back to it, it is such an intimidating thing like i think that's why i just get scared to try to go back to comics and if it's just not these like one shot like story arcs that you can read in a graphic novel, it's just like it's such a massive universe. Like oh, the MCU yeah. has already gotten big. Just thinking about the what is it? No, 50, just, just pick and choose years. stories, dude. That's the yeah, best way I to pick to and that. choose I like do. story arcs. I, yeah, especially if you're looking at things from the big two with Marvel and DC, because otherwise it is. I mean, it's a fucking ocean of comics. There's no way you can oh, read it yeah. all. No, and no, so you no, just no. gotta pick and choose and just kind of go off. Um, you know, start with recommendations. Also, if you don't even want to fuck with the superhero books, there are so many awesome independent books out there between publishers yeah. like like yeah. Image and Aftershock mm-hmm. and Boom Studios and um, really, really good stuff out there. Like, have you ever read much independent stuff? Um, I did one. I taught Bone. Because I could give you uh, some excellent like mini series yeah. suggestions. Yeah. Uh, I've. I, I need I, I yeah I definitely want those I definitely want those just because I need them my my uh, Elliot's boyfriend reads a lot and he's giving me things like Saga and things like that oh Saga's just, so good it's sad you got a lot, you got a lot of catching up yeah. there's 54 issues of Saga out oh, right now no oh no <laughs> but they've been on hiatus yeah. for the past few years and mm. in less than a month now the issue 55 is going to drop and that's mm. really exciting really exciting for Saga fans but for like smaller ones have you ever heard of the book Plastic yes. <laughs> you read plastic. Yeah. I think it's like a five or six issue run, and okay. it's it's a self contained mini series, and it's yeah. it's delightfully delightfully fucked up. <laughs> Very good. It's it's basically about a serial killer who's in love with a plastic fuck doll, mm. and then these mm. criminals kidnap his plastic fuck doll from him, and they nice. try and make him force him to kill people 
to get it back to get uh his you know virginia his, sounds, his girlfriend he it, and so instead he goes after the people who kidnap virginia and starts killing them off one oh at shit. a time oh it's amazing oh shit it sounds <laughs> it sounds like a chuck polonek thing that should star nicholas oh Gates. yeah yeah no it's written by <laughs> doug wagner and doug has got a deliciously uh-huh. fucked up mind i love uh, i love almost everything doug writes um, nice. he, he just, his newest miniseries that just finished up is called Vinyl, and it takes place in the same universe as Plastic. Like, the oh, characters cool. actually reference, like, Edwin and Virginia at okay. one point in Vinyl. And Vinyl is really good. Vinyl's oh, yeah. about, like, a, like a, kind of like a, a tight-knit, small community of serial killers. <laughs> they kind of have each other's back yeah. in a way. It's, it's kind yeah. of fucking wild. I haven't yet wrapped my mind around how to describe Vinyl to people, other than it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Do you do you think Feige just reads everything or at least at one point just read everything and is just deep? I just I always wonder about how much input it is that he ha- I know he has tons of input, but I'm just like always wondering, like, is he just this encyclopedia or is he just like he's got his nose or ear to the ground and he just knows that Marvel world of like who to talk to is like, here's a story to draw from. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure what his process is. Kind of from from what I've I've heard around, you know, in in different things online and whatnot, is that he's taken more of like kind of like an academic approach to it, like mm-hmm. yeah, like studying the comics and seeing like kind of how different things can work together and yeah, I don't know whatever metric he's working with, it's it works. Yeah, it's just fascinating. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation, which is like, how are you? Like, where are you? Like, I mean. You know, it's it's I shouldn't I mean, it's not rocket science to take the Infinity Gauntlet storyline or like I, I, I am happy like he he's not responsible for the two failed Dark Phoenix um, attempts. Yeah. <laughs> but God, both times they tried with that character, it sucked. Isn't that sad? Ah, uh, it was so annoying. So and I, I, I love both those actresses, but it's just like, ah, you kind of ruined their careers by doing that. Um <laughs> Uh, it just goes to show it takes a deft hand that you can't just take like a classic story that is like super popular in mm-hmm. the comics and just be like, oh, this is going to be a no brainer to adapt this into a movie. It's like, no, it takes a deft hand to still do it. You got you to you figure out how to get there, too. Just like, oh, wait, all of a sudden she's just evil because of her powers or she was always evil. That You don't want to explore the uh, what's the Imkron gem thing. This is like, ugh, I'm so happy they're bringing back the animated series. Oh yeah, I, yeah. That I, announcement I, I, was really cool. I've been rewatching that, and that's what makes me like. I wonder if they actually are just going to go kind of with that like Jim Lee era kind of reintroduction, because if they're bringing that back, is like is that kind of like the the thing that they're going to get or what we're going to get? And like, could we maybe just do like a a Spider Man MCU where we just skip over? Even though it was good, finally, that we got the, the whole speech of great responsibility, but it was nice, especially after two movies, we didn't have to – we were just able to like, okay, here's Spider-Man and he already exists. We don't have to have uh, Uncle Ben die in the in Civil War to to get this character. That can be reflected upon later. Like, can we just have Rogue introduced as the way that she was most popular or the, the character I liked instead of the, the helpless uh, – even though I love Anna Paquin, like her, like helpless rogue of the movies, like could we get the yeah. badass rogue just introduced or like I mean again, like this is a deft hand, like you got to get there somehow. 
Yeah, and, uh, and well, Brian Singer, with him having like a, a policy when they're filming those movies of, you know, no comic books on set. Uh, Brian Singer sucks. Yeah, it's like, ugh. On so many levels. Like, come on, dude, you're adapting source material and you're actively like, fuck this source material. And it's, yeah, you know, and it shows with some of the choices they made in that film. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. you know, at the same time, it's like, I loved that first X-Men movie when it came out just because it was like, you know, there's a man in the desert needs a drink of water. And you, mm-hmm. you come to me with that movie. Well, that, that was yeah. a nice drink of water. It, but yeah. now to compare it against, you know, what we get now is like, we get like the fine sparkling water from you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> from that German oh, market. Yeah. Now. I, love, I love how every time <laughs> X1 gets made, gets brought up, just like everybody, just like that stupid, horrible CG effect of Wolverine going on the, 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 oh, the crown yeah. of his That statue part was terrible. Head. Like um, even back the, then. It's like it looks stupid. It's like I don't even know. It exactly looks so what's stupid. Happen. It looked absolutely stupid. The other, the I think the more egregious one is that awful line that Storm has after she fucking uh, murks Toad. She's like, "Do you know what happens when lightning strikes a Toad? The same thing that happens to anything else." And I'm like, that is the dumbest uh, line ever. Whoever wrote that should get kicked yeah. right in the nuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would put. Well, I don't know if I want to put. It, it's like, it's kind of like, even if you don't either. Maybe either black keys or white stripes. Um, I actually I like white love white stripes. Black keys, blah, 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 like, but like those bands made it okay for a duo to kind of exist mm-hmm. in the modern like music era where you know like people just don't understand. It's like the reason why it didn't work historically is because like you need bass. Uh-huh. Like bass makes you move, treble makes you listen. That's why you need the guitar player and the bass player and the <laughs> drums at least. Um, and I they made it okay. It yeah, it's it's yeah. It's just I had never thought of it the way oh, that way until you know Elliot and I started trying to do it. It's like, oh, this sounds like shit because there's not the <laughs> dynamics. Like, mu- good music is just dynamics. There's there's ebbs and flows, and there's different sounds coming at you, and you can't do that when you just have two things um, or two of very similar bright things. If you have too much trouble, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guitar is like a mid frequency trebly thing and the drums can be low but you do need an actual bass in there anyways sojourn um white stripes and black keys culturally made it okay what i do have to say about those first x-men 2 film or first x-men okay. films uh, i'm so yeah. glad that you brought x-men back up because for a second yeah. there i was legitimately asking myself I'm like did you have a micro stroke and you miss some part of the conversation Oh, probably. I'm like, like we were talking about X Men, and now he's talking about uh, like the Black no. Keys and stuff. And I'm like, this is why I should <laughs> never been a teacher because I confused the hell out of kids. Because what? I will get on one metaphor, and then I have to use another metaphor to explain that metaphor. <laughs> it was such but a no. relief when you said X Men again. I was yeah. like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like putting, that, putting white stripes. Oh, that is so embarrassing. Cut this from the. No, it shall not be cut. <laughs> Shit, don't make me look like a moron that I already am. It probably makes me look uh, like a moron. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but anyway, it, those X Men movies—they <laughs> made it. They made. I definitely know culturally. I can because I, I remember that moment of watching that X Men film and then it's like really enjoying it, even despite all of its flaws. Like comic book movies are okay now. Yes. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Like, because like beforehand all we could really all we had was the batman movies and the batman movies made it okay but like you know you couldn't do anything more fantastical than that like even with the superman films like that's all you got for like a really long time and it was just like the technology wasn't there but with x-men it was just like okay 
And then what we really have the Marvel films to, to thank for, and thank God, you know, Brian Singer isn't running the show anymore. It's like, we can actually do the co- the costumes, like yes. Marvel accurate costumes. But I definitely, for all their flaws, all I, the whole White Stripes things, they made that okay. X-Men, I will give them credit. It's like they are, that, that movie in particular, I think made it comic book movies, very much brought them in to the cultural form and to the cultural dominance that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say the Blade movies too. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely Blades. But even like with the Blade, it's like it's still a little bit more, I, I don't know how to say it, like grounded, like Batman and Blade are grounded. It's like, okay, we have, we have vampire movies, but like here's this guy who's swinging around on web and he's dressed like a spider and, and, and make an amazing film. Like, I feel like, yeah, like Sam Raimi, cause I do hate Brian Singer so much. Uh, I feel like, yeah, those, those early Spider-Man movies opened up yeah. the, 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 opened up the door too. Yeah. And those movies hold up. Well, yeah. Like, oh no. I just rewatched all of them. And I even like, I, I really don't like Spider-Man three, but there are some scenes that are, there's some I. scenes in it that are fun. And then there's some scenes in it that are so tragically cringe that I, now I love them. And it, it would have totally worked if they just hadn't pushed Venom. Like, I think that we can just all agree, I'd agree on with that. that. If, they, if it was just, just let it be um, uh, Harry's and the Sandman, it would totally would have worked. It would have been a great film. And then we could have just had Spider-Man 4, Black Suit, Venom. And that would have been awesome for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. I Whatever multiverse got those releases of films. <laughs> yeah. Right. Weren't they the lucky ones? Yeah. <laughs> and and hopefully Topher Grace wasn't cast as Venom because gross. God, that was dumb. That was really dumb. Was it supposed to be somebody else and then they backed out, or was it like I don't know? Or was that just? Was I that think just he was Sam just Raimi kind of a hot like, thing at the time. He was just a hot thing. That was probably a studio thing. I'm not gonna. Oh, like, probably. Sam, Sam Raimi's too much of a badass to make any mistakes. <laughs> Like, like, like Army of Darkness is just a seminal. That, I was just going to say that you took yeah. the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, even though I didn't really like the Dr. Strange film might've been that and Ant-Man two might be some of my least favorites of the MCU, but I am really oh, you excited. You didn't like Ant-Man and the Wasp? Not really. Oh, I had a lot of fun. I don't know, with that. Maybe I was in a mood. I was just like, "What is going on?" I'm not. I'm not really following of what's going on here. And oh, they I gave know. so much more for Evangeline Lilly to do in that second one, and she was just badass in it. Yeah, she didn't we'll have just, that terrible wig like she had in the first one. This is true. I guess it's just <laughs> like all the Marvel. It always depends upon the strength of the villain. And Ghost just didn't seem. She seemed like a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Yeah, it was like the, the annoying thing with uh, Taskmaster. Just like this is just to have a baddie, like a toy or something. Yeah, yeah. She it's was definitely a disposable villain. Yeah, it's like not destroy. It's the L's. I feel like you could just you just do that every film where it's not the villain driving the story. If it's not Luke, Luke Loki or Thanos, um, or now you know, uh, or you know Green Goblin uh, driving the story, it just like it always just fails on that. Yeah, I guess Ghost was one of their Ghost um, was kind of one of their misses then because it was a she was a sympathetic villain and so yeah, she's yeah, fitting that yeah. trend. But she was one of their sympathetic villains that was yeah. more of a miss because it was like her the sympathetic side of her story. It's like either they just didn't delve into it enough to really give us any 
Because you really didn't care about her that much. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, no, I don't even hardly even remember her. I feel like more of the villain was the uh, the mob guy or whatever he was, like corrupt <laughs> businessman. Who I I love that actor, and I I was the guy who's in Justified. What is his name? Um, um Goggins. Walter. Goggins. Well, well, oh. like, oh. yeah, so, Walter Goggins. Yeah. I like. Why did you guys waste him on that silly character? He would have been like such a badass villain for something else. Um, because he's such a great actor in my book. Oh yeah. But, um, but you know, it's teach his own. Uh, I don't know. I I probably just need to rewatch it. Um, and then like it better. I might have just been in a mood. Who knows? Or I just need to do an edible. <laughs> I'll just do an edible. There you go. Because, because I know <laughs> for a fact that... All the shrinking stuff really works for me, though. It's so fun. And also, it's like they only like keep the physics of it like when it seems to suit them. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so when, when Ant-Man clicks that button and he makes himself really small and he hits somebody, they go flying because even though he's tiny, he still has yeah. the same amount of mass as when he's big, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's like, you know, when he falls and he hits that tile floor, it cracks the tile floor. But yeah. in this last episode of Hawkeye, when she shrinks that truck, it hits the ice like a like a Hot Wheels truck. It should have yeah. hit the ice and made a huge crack, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so then it's they like, got... eh, that physics only works when they want it to. Oh, yeah. All the rules are – like, that's a, just another thing of just, like, I still don't really know if I'm getting the multiverse. And, like, Loki has a great point. Like, I still haven't understood why does the – TVA come after him and not the Avengers. Uh, Walton Goggins, not Walter. Walton. Walton. Yeah, right when you said sorry. Walter, I was like, that can't be right. And so I Googled it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like the multiverse thing is just getting. This was what I was talking about. Like, this is getting really above maybe my tiny mind to to, to understand of what exactly is going on. Um, with, at this point, who knows? Because with yeah. the multiverse cracking everything wide open, I mean, we yeah. can't even trust like trailers. Like, uh, like we're here, like, oh, no. like all the, like the voiceover and stuff in that Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. Like you assume that's coming from our Doctor Strange, but I mean, who knows? It could yeah. be coming from think, a multitude of Doctor Stranges. He's literally yeah. in the multiverse of madness. Yeah. yeah, I think he made that point on PCL. It's just like, oh, I bet it's and it's going to be a different villain. Or somebody said it's like it's going to be a different villain, even though we're going to be led to believe that Doctor Strange is the main villain. That's probably just going to be a, yeah. a side thing. And I, think, I was like, I think oh, Wanda's going to be one of the villains in it for that's, sure. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's I, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm like thinking like the House of M thing, like because they they still have they're trying to get to X Men in like what five years or something like that. Mm, I guess like, I, don't, I don't know. Or have they have, have they announced an X Men film? Or are they just saying it's coming? I, I, it could be. Either or, to tell you the truth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, just, okay. I don't have it. I don't no, it's have Fantastic that Four that I'm thinking of. It's Fantastic Four that does definitely have a movie coming. Yes. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of just, yeah, I'm, I'm impatient, even though I know that we all just need a break from the X Men. Um, so it's like, oh, just get oh, them back. Get no, them give me MCU X Men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give me MCU Fantastic Four. Like, I, I want yeah. to see these versions and see, you know, the good versions of them that we're going to get because the MCU tends to do very well on these characters. And so I can't wait to see, Mm -hmm. like, I was excited just in Deadpool when we got to see, you know, X-Men characters in in the yellow jumpsuits. 
Yeah. And it's like, yes, I want to oh, give that to me in the MCU. Like, give me these comic accurate characters. Yeah. Give, give me, me Wolverine in the yellow suit. You know? Yeah. Give me a big Russian speaking Colossus. <laughs> yeah. Well, they nailed Colossus in the Deadpool. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was awesome. Like, but it was perfect. All the characters they did in Deadpool were perfect. They did so well. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I am looking forward to to uh, multiverse of madness, and I, I definitely believe you. Like, you cannot you cannot trust those trailers for anything. No, uh, the fact that like <laughs> lines that w- the the whole part with Wu talking to him like didn't even happen is like that's like just a blatant mislead. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's not even showing like stuff that doesn't happen. You're like giving his actual dialogue to create a fake premise of the movie. Um, so yeah, I would not be surprised on that. Um, I just, I was like, who is going to be the big bad, like for the next big thing? Like, cause they have so, this is another thing. It's like, we got scrolls, we got secret war, we got Kang. Uh, it's gotta be Kang. It's, Kang's gotta be the big yeah. bad for the next, you know, like, you're, you're talking like, who's going to be like, kind of fill the, the shoes of Thanos. Or just like, what's going to be the big story arc or something like, or is it going to be multiple things where like we have the scrolls going on at the same time or I don't know. I just, as I said, I just have a hard time conceptualizing what is all going to go on. (laughs) Yeah. So far I've liked everything that they've given us and like, Oh yeah. Like 2021 has been a fantastic year for MCU content. Yeah. That was maybe a silver lining of, of COVID is that we just got got bombarded the following year. Yeah. (laughs) And like I was, you know, I, I said this on Dan's uh, podcast. It's like I kind of wish Eternals had just been a uh, uh, a series because I wanted more time to spend with those characters. I could 100%. see where like like this. I I can understand this needing to be a movie because you wanted to be get the big name director and the big name actors, and they did all a great job. Just like I really wanted more time. I wanted more time with uh, Fastos. Um, is that his name? Did I get his name right? Yeah. Uh, the the technology one, yeah, yeah, I like I loved his character, um, and but just each one was like it would have been cool like to have like each character get their own episode or something like that or like pair them off and things like that, and I think it just would have just not felt, just I, you could definitely tell the pacing was weird, and even though I feel like a lot of the criticisms were complete bullshit. Um, yeah, I I had a lot more fun with Eternals than I was expecting to just because same, the. Same. You know, the the reviews, I I went into it just being like, well, let's see what we get. And and I yeah. really think that those low reviews were unfounded. But I also think that it would have been well, way, way better served to have been a Disney Plus series instead of a, a theatrical release. Yeah. And I've, honestly, same with, with Dune. Like, I yeah. just. Oh, my God. No shit. Like, let that be a fucking series. And like, I mean, like, you could still. I, I mean, maybe because. Uh, how do you say, pronounce the, the 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 director's name? Denis Vanilla, Denis Villeneuve, I think, but I Villeneuve, could have like, that wrong. I mean, like I don't know, like like yes, yeah, it does. It doesn't have to be a movie, but like then, like I think it's like with Celestials, like it's probably just a, a Hollywood budget thing to be able to do that much effects, get those big name actors. It has to be a film rather than a than a than a series. But it's like oh that god, makes sense. like. There's so much stuff that had to be glazed over. And like, even at this point, it's like, can you guys just backtrack and do some sort of series where like, just like, 
side stories or something like that because like I know so much needed to be explained because like remember uh, Dan and Steve on Heroes and Hosts it's like man Paul just comes off as a cold ass whiny dickhead and it's like <laughs> it's like well that actually makes sense because he's been trained as a Bene Gesserit and a Mentat yeah so he's gonna and, be a cold calculating person and that makes more sense if you had the time to spend with him mm-hmm. or or if you would care to explain it all for people that yeah. aren't like from like really really familiar with the source material you're not mm-hmm. you're not taking the time to explain any of these things that you're showing yeah and it's like kudos like, to you for showing them because as an avid book reader you know i i, I got it as soon as i saw it oh yeah oh, but yeah. but for other people it's like the only thing they know about what a mentat is is they know that thufer is a is a mentat and yeah. they know that Okay, he asked him some math-related question, and his eyes went weird for a second. He rattled it off, and it's like, that's all you get. Yeah. But it's but like, yeah, just... they, they don't give you that subtext of it's like, yeah, it's basically a human computer mind. And so they, yeah. they look at everything as, you know, data in and data out and measuring this data mm-hmm. against what else is known and stuff. And so, yeah, it tends to make yeah. you cold and calculating. and Yeah. But I really, like... For a show that I feel, I don't know. Do you watch Expanse? No, I've the heard it's Expanse. really good though. I like the first four seasons. I I feel like it's just kind of cratering at the end, but it's just like, man, I wish Dune could get this treatment, um, of just like being able to explore all these like very like the, the the Game of Thrones treatment of just like being able to explore all these political and cultural and 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 historical. And societal like factors like messing in with each other, just like the opportunity to explore those. Like I mean, the movies are great, but it's just like you can't sit for six hours or whatever. I I mean, I was trying to find, think of some sort of compromise. Like could they have done something like where you like a Lord of the Rings thing where you film them all at the same time and then you release them? Well, that's what they Pretty, should like, have done. I, yeah. ideally. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do think it would have been better served as as like a movie or not a movie, but as a miniseries that's released on HBO, you know, like big budget. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I thought it was going to be. I was like, holy shit. Yes. That's, and then I was like, wait, no, it's two movies. You're not going to get anything. And then like if they do get the children of Dune, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so much that has to be skipped over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I don't even think they're going to do children of Dune. When he He's said he wants to do it as three movies, he wants to do Dune in two parts and then he wants to do Dune Messiah. Okay. And so it's like, okay, That'll... so he's apparently just wanting to tell, you know, pretty much the full story of, of Paul. Of Paul. Yeah. You know, mm. wink. <laughs> the full story. <laughs> okay. But, you know, since Paul is technically also in children of Dune. Yeah. He's in children of Dune. I think he gets brought back in not God Emperor, but New. some other one. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Way way later on in the series, like yeah. all the principal characters are brought back through like cloning processes. Yeah. And yeah. they have their memories yeah. reawoken so they remember who they are and shit. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it gets so like that's why it's like I was just started to getting a little bit But like, I mean that's, that's like just... tens of thousands of years into the future in the storyline, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. To where it's like yeah. Arrakis isn't even a planet anymore. It's been like blasted <laughs> apart. And like yeah. it went through a fucking name change. It was Rackus for for several thousand years. And <laughs> um, and I, with the movie, it's just like they they completely skip over the whole thinking of of suspecting Jessica as the traitor, and they just 
completely skip over uh, Dr. Nue of like, like here's this little one minute thing of his reasonings. Um, and like just making Jessica look like a damsel in distress until all of a sudden at the end, she's kicks the crap out of, uh, I'm forgetting people's names. Oh, this is embarrassing. Stilgar. And so it's like, Whoa, where'd that come from? Um, whereas like very early on in the book, you get from her, like this lady is dangerous and could kick some major ass. Oh yeah. 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 So anyways, I can gripe about, but the funny thing is that I did love the movie. Oh, same here. I absolutely (laughs) loved it. But, but I, I understood the complaints from the non book readers who were like, I feel like I missed out on a lot. And the people who read the books got a lot more enjoyment out of this movie. And it's like, yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's just, just, just such an amazing world, uh, that, that Frank Herbert created. Um, that is just leagues beyond almost, I mean, like, I feel like only to, like maybe like, well, equal to or surpassed by Tolkien. Like I've never, I, I think I attempted once at the Silmarillion. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. And I'm like, I got like five pages. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. This is, this is really complicated. Silmarillion <laughs> <laughs> is just like, look at it like a, a very large collection of notes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially what it is, right? Yeah. It's appendices. Like, it's, yeah, he didn't. Did he publish that? Didn't his family publish it? Might have been. Like, it was probably his family who did it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just recently I, I, bought it though because that Amazon series is coming out, and I think it's going to be largely based yeah. off um, some of the stories that are in the Silmarillion. So I wanted yeah. it as a reference guide. Yeah, it's interesting that Dune and like The Hobbit are exact opposites of like what not to do. Of like <laughs> The Hobbit. At best, could have been two films. I, I still one. haven't watched those. Like I got through. I think I watched the first one. I was like, I'm not doing this. I know this is this is dumb. When like, I heard that they were doing it as three movies, I was like, Why? The Hobbit is like in paperback is like fucking two hundred pages. I was gonna say maybe. it is not a big book, and to no. split that into three movies is fucking. It is a cash grab. That was such a. I was so disappointed, and I don't know who that was. It was if. I am disappointed in Peter Jackson. So it's like, I, don't take that. Mo- I mean, maybe you need the money. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you watched the, the Beatles documentary yet? No, it's, it's on my agenda to get to it. It's on my list. I just keep on hearing, like as a musician, I feel like oh, I am obligated <laughs> to watch. Right? Just because there are just like, when you see on film, different things of like road life, band life, the, the, the pressure of, of of trying to create something and that because it's like a something like a three-week period they're trying to record the album not even they haven't don't even have like all the songs written that is uh that's like even if you are the beatles like that's like a gargantuan in which uh, album are they recording for that for that was let it be oh god that's a great fucking album too yeah yeah and it's all it's like complete contrast of everything before because they had become very much a studio album and they wanted to show us like, oh, we could still record live to tape and things like that. Um, Have you ever there's... listened to Let It Be Naked, which is basically Let It Be with all the Phil Spector shit stripped out? Oh, no. Oh, shit. It's pretty good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's worth checking out. I think some of the versions are definitely superior. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I might have listened to it before um, and just not noticed like, oh, this is a weird sounding version or some. Yeah. I need to go like. I need to go back and more 
Beatles explore. Like they've probably always been that band that's like, okay, they were the the first huge rock and roll band and they're very integral to today's or like rock and roll music. But like, I feel like that just before that, or just because of that, I was just like, I don't want to, I don't have like those Beatles songs where I'm like, Oh, I have to listen to this song right now. You know, like I, I feel like I never really fell in love in love with the Beatles the way I've fallen in love with. Like I started playing guitar because of Nirvana. Oh, nice. I, I, was, I was obviously one of those kids early nineties. It's like, I learned my four bar chords. I'm not going to take lessons anymore. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and like my favorite band is Tool uh, of all time. Uh, I love Tool. And, oh, they're so fun. I love that math rock. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Fibonacci sequence while we're listening <laughs> to this song. <laughs> let's talk about the 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 person's shadow or whatever of the the Carl Jungian influences and things on this song. Um. Uh, but yeah, I just like definitely have artists that I love and I've never really let, I feel like it was just because of that, the Beatles, you know, that I never really like let myself fall in love with like some of their albums and things like that. Oh no, I was but definitely I, of that mindset for a long time. Well, when I was, when I was in middle school and I discovered metal, that's when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like Pantera, yeah. Far Beyond Driven, and I was oh, yeah. off to the races. And Hell so yeah. for a long time, I'd be like, Beatles, that is some fucking, that is some soft-ass pussy shit, man. I ain't listening yeah. to that. And then when I got older and actually gave them a chance, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. And then I collected their, their you know, all their albums, and, mm-hmm. and it really went through a phase where I listened to nothing but Beatles for a long time. And then I think I kind of Beatled myself out. Yeah, into where I really still appreciate them and I really love a lot of their songs, but but I haven't like sought them out and listened to them on purpose for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I just I need to do that. I know it would just like from a songwriting standpoint, just like needing knowing those there are artists that you need to like look at and study to write try to write better songs. It's just oh, like I bet you need you need to study John Prine. You know, like you need to be aware of his songwriting of of like. And and you need to like know Bob Dylan, like and and study his songwriters. Like if you want to know how to write a pop song, study Bob Dylan, study Hank Williams. Um, uh, just got a lot of homework to do still. <laughs> I got really oh. into Hank Williams the Third a long time ago. I was oh, he's talking. a bad. He's awesome. He's all. <laughs> he is all like yeah. He's fucking you wild, love, dude. <laughs> if you love heavy metal. If you love bluegrass, right? Like he does, <laughs> if you love country, he will do anything. He is amazing. Yeah, he is a badass. Um, uh, it was funny that you said Pantera because they're from Pentigo, Texas, which is like a suburb of Dallas. So oh, I nice. That because they were a football team that always kicked our ass back in the day. Coming from <laughs> East Texas, it's like, oh, that's where Pantera is from. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I love that walk riff. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just so weird to think because, like, talking about like, oh, this is some heavy metal, or like, like this Beatles stuff is so, like, just, just so soft and stuff like that. But like Helter Skelter, and I was like, just going to say they were out, they like, were almost ahead of their time with Helter Skelter. That, that was considered like heavy metal. Like Led Zeppelin was considered heavy metal, and just like thinking of like my concept of what heavy metal is, it's just like whoa. <laughs> Black Sabbath was way ahead of the curve in terms of metal. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a band I can definitely, cause like just the huge influence on tool. Like when I hear 
Adam Jones playing is like I am definitely hearing uh, oh gosh what's his Joe I can't think of the the guitarist names right now for Black Sabbath that's someone's gonna be mad at me Tony uh, Iommi Tony Biavi yeah 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 um, I definitely hear that guitar style playing that like thing style strumming in there yeah Sabbath is awesome. Um, I think if you put a gun to my head, I might choose Led Zeppelin over Black Sabbath because I think just in my older years, I appreciate the variety. <laughs> like sometimes it's like, whoa, well, this is pretty hard. This the and you're talking about Valhalla, that's pretty cool. But then all of a sudden you're like Dire Maker, and it's like I feel like I'm on a beach Caribbean cruise right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, there was a a friend of mine years ago that that I'd see at work. And he was like really, really into metal and stuff and all this. He was a, a huge audiophile. And so he'd always just be asking me about, well, have you ever heard of these guys? Have you ever heard of these guys? And every time I'd say no, he'd be like, oh, and it was like he'd have a mental list because then the next time I'd show up, he would just have a stack of CDRs. <laughs> and like he would he'd like meticulously write down, you know, all the song titles on like the sleeve that came with it and everything. He'd be like, here you go. And that was how I got like the, I think... That's how I got Hank the Third's like first like three albums, I think, and then I ended up buying nice. them years later. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, I I loved his first few albums. But um, mm-hmm. one of my friends that was really that is a huge fan of his was like, oh, he was kind of forced by the studio to make those. And oh like, yeah, you know that's that's mm-hmm. really not mm-hmm. the style of music he wanted to do. And I'm like, well, I fucking oh, loved yeah. it though. That old timey country sound mm-hmm. that he produced on those first couple albums was so fun to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, he's definitely got the genes for it. And and then it was like as his albums went on, it was like there was like oh this 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 album's got a couple of his heavier ones on it, and then it was like full <laughs> towards like now the newer stuff, it's like so much of the heavy stuff on it. Like I really really dig it, and you've really seen him kind of evolve as an artist. Dude, that's I always think that's the most important thing for artists is like continually evolving. Like I always like give shit to bands like Linkin Park of just like or Blink One Eighty Two, just like. You guys are still complaining at your parents. And that made sense when you were like a bit over 20. But this isn't making sense now that you're like 45 years old. Yeah. But like like yeah, seeing bands like like what you talking, Hank Williams and Sturgill. Like my, my favorite guy is Sturgill Simpson. Oh, um, dude. Sturgill. Like his, 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 um, his um, arc is so cool. His album with the oh, – I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's got Keep It Between the Lines on it. Uh, uh, and sea stories and um, oh, uh, uh, um, um, sailor's guide to the galaxy. Yes, sailor's guide, that's, sailor's that's guide to the fantastic. earth, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sailor's oh guide. Oh my earth, god, that album! I remember the first time I heard that, and like that opening song where he's basically like singing it like his son's born, and he's like, you know, saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. welcome, welcome to the welcome to Earth. I'm so glad." Yeah. To, and he's like, "There's going to be times where where." Where where I'm not here, and I want you to know that I'm thinking. Like I'm gonna start fucking crying. <laughs> like like the, I remember the first time I I heard that. I'm like listening to it in my car and just bawling because I'm like connecting yeah. to it like as a dad, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's where he he wrote it from that place. Like this album is yeah. like a series of letters to my son who was just born. And it's like, oh, it's so fucking powerful. But yeah, and keep it so between cool that- the lines is like my yeah. favorite like campfire song. I, I fucking love singing that song. Okay, and he. uh I just love that he was just like, fuck, I'm not this savior of country music. I love rock music, too. I love Motown, and I love R&B. It's like, I love Otis Redding and and, and Marvin Gaye, and I'm going to 
I'm going to add a horn section on this one because that's how I fucking feel like. Oh, and it's so incredible. Yeah. It worked, yeah. dude. It absolutely oh, it worked. Amazing. You know, it was so good. And it was so funny to like watch them. Like they gave him the country, the country award at the Grammys. And it was just like, ah, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, because I made this amazing, like, like, I don't even know how to just like a Motown. Like, I, I want to call it Motown, but I know it's not that. Just like a big band, like big band album. And it's just so pristine and good. Um, and then he comes right back and makes a baller, like, future, future rock album thing with synth and things like that, that Elliot and I have become obsessed with lately, of just, like, trying to write songs like that. Like, I don't know, like, what you call cool. it, future country. Just, like, the, the, the synthesizer with the rock guitars is just so cool to me. It's, like, it's like very much, I, I was actually listening to it today after I was successfully fi- fixed a sync. Every time I do something that I consider like, oh, I'm an adult now, like a handyman, I always play the touch. <laughs> Transformers? You got the touch. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> if, I, if I like fix the headlight on my car, I immediately put it on. It was like, yeah, Chris, good job, buddy. <laughs> and I just imagine I'm Optimus Prime killing Decepticons. Um, but just like that sounds that's like, like really good two- self-care, dude. I love it. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. But like Sound and Fury and the Transformers uh, album, which I can still consider great. Like I feel like are huge influences on my songwriting lately or just like 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 sound textures and tones that I try to get. Like I'm trying to desperately make my guitar not sound like a guitar lately. Oh, cool. Um, It's like trying to find pedals that will make it more sound more synthy and like try to get like very like ZZ Top 80s stuff going on um, in a lot of our songs. Um, and also it helped the, the fact that we went on tour with this band Electric Six over the summer um, that really heavily influenced my love of – I've always loved synthesizers. I wish I had learned how to play a synthesizer almost more than learning guitar because I just <laughs> love that stuff and just like how much it's used in Sound of Fury and just like I think like my early listening, like my early music experiences were the, that Transformers, the movie album, like really – like influences maybe me more than somebody like like ACDC perhaps of like my preferences for rock music I know what you can do I love what you guys did with your Cashville album that is so much fun to listen to oh thank you thank you yeah that was that was that was definitely labor love and in like a lot of years in the making of just grinding out songs and Elliot and I you know we we love ACDC but we love Dwight Yoakam and uh the little Dwight Yoakam shows on that like I actually oh, like thought of that on the couple of the songs I was listening to I was like this reminds me of Dwight Yoakam oh that song Little Games is literally my love letter to Dwight a hundred percent dude that's the that's, one <laughs> that, that is that is who I am talking to I, it came like, through I picked up on it dude I love yeah. it that's fucking great yeah. um of just like trying to get that Pete Anderson tone um uh on that song specifically there's a song called Yorkshire Girl on there that was heavily influenced by like early Sturgill. Actually, I was very much trying to do like a Sturgill thing. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Honeybee is very much Led Zeppelin. Uh, Old Palestine is our like Americana Jason Isbell wannabe entry. <laughs> yeah, I could get that <laughs> off that one. Yeah. Um, Snake Farm is Snake Farm just because we love Ray Wiley Hubbard. <laughs> that song's like, fucking rad. That's another. This is another amazing songwriter, Ray Wiley Hubbard, who's just never 
unfortunately has never got his due for how great of a songwriter he is. Uh, <laughs> dude, he's an amazing storyteller. Dude, when I bought, when I got the, your Cashville album, it was in the morning and I was listening to it and we had people that were coming over like family later that day that were like hanging out for like a pool party in the backyard, barbecue yeah. type shit. And I just put Cashville on repeat. I think we, oh, had, I think we listened to the album four times in a row before, oh, no. before it got turned. <laughs> Ah, I'll have to tell Elliot that. So it'll make her feel very good. Because like the the worst everybody was loving it, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like I, I was I think it was Homer Homer Simpson says it in a, in an episode once it's just like I've learned to hate my creation. Now I know how God feels. <laughs> and it's just like I feel like every artist goes through that. Oh, like, I was going to say the that. Artists, like you, mm-hmm. you get to the point where you can't listen to your own stuff, and you just like you're just in critique mode. Oh, all you so see like, is the cracks. All you see is the cracks in the putty, the, the the places where it was fucked up, and you did your best to spit yeah. shine it, and nobody else is going to notice it. Everybody else thinks it's fine. But yeah. you know, when you look at your own creations, you, you see the you see the errors. You know, how can you so how def- can you not if you especially if you're yeah. a perfectionist? Oh yeah, and know? Ellie and I are both OCD <laughs> to the nines and just like it's fun, oh, isn't it? Go. Like it's the worst thing after a show. We're just like sitting there, like both critiquing ourselves. It's just like, fuck, oh, I missed that part. <laughs> and then we just have to remind ourselves, like, at this stage, nobody knows who the hell we are. They can't tell if we messed up or not. <laughs> like like who cares there you go um but it's like on 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 the albums it's just like yeah that's all i mean like we really depend upon other people just like and i i'm i'm a libra so i like need constant affirmation uh, same here. Like, well, okay <laughs> okay when's your birthday um, like uh october 9th <sighs> october 15th um, we're almost a week oh, away from shoot. each other there you go, there you go. <laughs> it's a good month year of year of the pig ever year of the boar for anybody who's trying to steal my credit card information, you got to do a little work. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when the hell was the year of the boar? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I mean, I'll still go. I was, I think I listened, I think I listened to Welcome to Cashville today, and I was just like, oh, I did a pretty good job on that guitar part. I'm kind of proud of myself on that one. Um, uh, it's fucking awesome. And, and Elliot's voice is so amazing. I don't know. I, uh, I'm so jealous of her. She has like, like this, like the just an amazing rock voice, and she can go into the country too. So I just like because I can't go rock. I just like I figured I was like the best I can do is really kind of a country twang thing. I can't yeah, go. That's kind of how I sing too, and I yeah. I learned it by making fun of Creed in the nineties, and then I was right? like, oh fuck, I can sing like that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it! It's just like there's a great. Um, I think it's Dave Grohl. Like he was like on Howard Stern. He does an hilarious, like spoof on a wide, arms wide open oh yes and i, I gotta like look this, that up <laughs> uh, and it's just like like over enunciation it's like <laughs> like of every word that you say it's like uh, is that for that brief moment in the 2000s that was accepted as singing um <laughs> but yeah elliot elliot has an amazing voice and she's I always loved like bragging arts. Like she didn't play drums before Volt formed. Not even like even after what? a year. Really? She learned how to play drums like a year into things when we like Volk was originally just a two piece acoustic folk duo and that's where we got the name because we wanted to add like electric guitars and drums. So it's like, oh, folk music plus electricity equals Volk. We're clever. And and we're in Germany, so we're like taking that word. That's like a really clever thing that we did. Um, 
but and we had a drummer named Jim uh, who comes from from Greece. He was living in Berlin as well, uh, and he played one show with us, and then he had to leave countries at, under very very sort of cryptic circumstances. We're not really sure what happened to Jim. Jim, if you're out there, let us know you're okay. Um, <laughs> That's fucking wild. But he left this practice kit in Elliot's um, apartment that we were using for rehearsal, and we just she, we just kind of both had this epiphany moment where like, hey, you should just start playing the drums. And she just uh, started playing drums basically and, then, and, and took lessons and she just became an avid uh, um, um, uh, student of the drums and practices way more than I ever practice a guitar. Like once I figured out how to put pedals on things, I was like, oh, that just sounds cool no matter what I'm doing. I could literally <laughs> just be fashioning the guitar with my palm. That sounds cool. Um, and and I remember a yeah, friend of mine really... got an electric guitar in high school and like he couldn't play it worth a shit, but when he plugged the pedal in, it sounded really oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate when somebody asks me to like here play this acoustic guitar. I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> like you're about to know how basic I am of a guitar player, like because I can't do my little tricks that I learned with the pedal. Um, uh, but uh, I'm definitely who's like, ready to hear Wonderwall. Less... <laughs> yeah, here's 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 another strummer, another strummer. Um, but I'm definitely proud of of to have her as my bandmate. She's a super hard worker and. And an amazing talent, and uh, we're excited. You know, this year has been uh, pretty awesome, despite everything. We almost clocked a hundred shows. It was like ninety-five. Damn. We didn't, we didn't even start until the end of April. Like our first show was like, like at the end of April, basically, um, and then got to ninety-five shows. So I'm willing, like, I don't know if any other band did that, was, was stupid enough to do that. Because <laughs> uh, we are so tired and, uh, and our, um, but it was Dude, a great That's a lot that. of shows got, to do for something that's not your, your main source of income. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I, I would say it's like half of my income at this point. Sometimes. Well, that, then it makes more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's half. There was a very long time, basically up until two years ago, that any money that Volk made, even if we were like on a two-week run or three-week run, Volk got all that money. And that was necessary to pay for merch and yeah. car repairs. And, yeah, all and, that and stuff doesn't pay for itself. Oh, no, no. Like, yeah, feel if you're seeing a DIY band, especially a band that has four or five members, you need to give those band prop if they're, if they're going out on tours. And they're not well known because there is a massive gap of like having money and not having money of the bands that do are, are making money and the bands that aren't. And like those bands are like cutting corners and there's people who are, you know, having to work part time jobs and work 14 hour days or 20 hour days doing lift or something like that. So they can go out for two weeks. Elliot and I got both lucky in that we found avenues of income here in Nashville uh, that allowed us to do that. Um, and still allowed us to do that. And that's why, like I said, like, I don't know if we said it recording or, or, or on this things, like as soon as we got back from that five week run, I was out, you know, unclogging people's toilets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to respect the hustle, dude. It, yeah, like, well, especially I mean, if it's someone chasing a dream, like that is, yeah. there's nothing more inspiring to me than that. Well, I mean, I, I, 
Uh, my favorite songwriter ever, Gregory, Gregory Allen Isaacoff. I remember him saying something like, I'm not doing this because I want to. I do it because I need to. And like that's definitely me. Like I tried the nine to five sort of thing with teaching. I was just like, I need to be able to create um, and 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 express myself in that way or I'm just always miserable. And like even though I am, you know, doing disgusting shit like clogging toilets or calling off trash (laughs) of of of, uh from these houses that have been wrecked by the nashville uh bachelorette parties um like no (laughs) i'm at least i'm on my own schedule and i'm like it's my stress is my own stress whereas if i was doing that stuff it would be somebody else's stress and i wouldn't have the opportunity to to do i mean like I, I didn't even say this during this interview, I guess like, like we just got to do our first ever West coast tour. Um, and we were op- opening for, uh, the Necromantics, which are an awesome psychobilly band. Uh, uh, the, the lead singer, uh, he plays this upright bass. That is a coffin. <laughs> wow. Like it's, <laughs> coffin. it's really cool. Um, Kim is an amazing, uh, uh, musician. And then also we had the Delta Bombers who are an awesome rockabilly band from, uh, Las Vegas. Um, and we got to play to these massive or like big for us, like sometimes 400, 500, 600 people in towns we've never been in like Seattle or Ventura, California, um, San Jose, uh, Las Vegas. And, and that's like a hugely special thing. So, um uh I feel very blessed and lucky and I'm 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 happy that I'm doing that and not yelling at some kid for drawing on his desk. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm glad you're out there doing it yeah. too cuz I can't wait to get more Vulcan in my life. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. We we got the next 2 months off. Um we're going to finalize some songs and then we have a tour. But I can't I'm not allowed to say who we are on the road with, but we are on the road uh back in April, May, and we're going to kind of hash out the, the end of the songs, let them go through the writing process, and then road test them, and then get back to the recording studio. Sweet. Um, so hopefully have something, like at least music on Spotify for folks uh, by the summer. Um, oh, that'd be really exciting, dude. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if anyone wants to support the cause, don't go listen to us on Spotify. Buy t-shirts and vinyl off online because that point zero zero three of zero 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 three of a cent for each Spotify play does not pay for recording time. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. They should definitely be compensating you guys way more than that. They can afford to pay uh, Joe Rogan five hundred fucking million or a hundred million or whatever. They should pay you guys more. And why are they paying of all people <laughs> Joe Rogan five hundred fifty million dollars. He's the still guy, got a big listenership. He literally admits he's a moron, and then he goes and pouts <laughs> about taking a horse paste. Yeah, I don't. There was once upon a time that I I listened to like every single one of his episodes, and I really same, loved him. Same. And then, yeah, is re- really during the whole pandemic thing is when I kind of like was like I'll, I'll still yeah. check out like certain episodes, kind of depending on what guest is on. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll still listen, but there's some times where he just goes off on things now where it's like, dude, can you just stop talking about that? Just like, yeah, what are you doing? Like you're obviously, and you're admitting that you're not qualified to talk about this. Yeah. And you're like being highly irresponsible because so many people listen to you and are going to take what you say as stock, even if you think that you're joking. Like that's just not 
And like, yeah, I'm on the same way. It's like something happened in the pandemic. Cause I, was, I was even like, oh, Elon Musk seems like an all right guy. That's kind of cool that he wants to go to space. But is he trying to do the electronic <laughs> car things? Like, no, you're a piece of shit. You're a spoiled brat piece of shit. And I I listened to that podcast uh, behind the bastards on how much of a piece of shit you are. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I do is like, it really shocking with anybody who's a billionaire to then find out, oh, you're kind of a piece of shit? Yeah, okay. That uh, checks and, out with how you were able to get to be a billionaire. <laughs> and, and your parents were millionaire and millionaires and you're a sociopath and you don't mind exploiting workers <laughs> to allow yourself to become a billionaire. Um, and yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's a whole other – I do like the episodes where Sturgill Simpson goes on. Oh yeah, or the one where yeah. or the one where Bernie's on. I doubt Bernie would still go on. I doubt, I mean, like I was surprised John Stewart went on when he did. Yeah, and I was like a little bit like, man, John Stewart. I kind of wish you would stand up a little bit more, Joe Rogan, um, for for as good as you were at that stuff on the Daily Show, um, of just not taking people's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no. With so many podcasts out there, there's so many other ones to listen to. Like I've been really oh, big yeah. on um, on one called The Honeydew. Lately, that's okay. done by uh, Ryan Sickler, who's a stand-up comic. And so he mostly has other, like, stand-up comics on, and they just tell stories about that are, you know, some of, like, terrible things that have happened to them in life. And then they kind of mm. try and find a way to laugh about it. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and so he describes it as, like, yeah. he came up with the idea for it. He was, like, sitting in a diner someplace, and he was looking at a bunch of, you know, tables where people had kind of left their food and like every table had le like honeydew melon still on the table. And so oh. he's like, you know, nobody wants to eat. Well, nobody wants the honeydews. He's like, well, I'm kind of a honeydew. <laughs> so that's what he like. The honeydew is like telling like the honeydew stories, you know, oh, it, it, but it's a really, really great show. And the guy's got an amazing okay. like, infectious laugh, but th yeah. that's the interview show that I've been on big lately is uh, the honeydew with Ryan Sickler. I care. I care. Um, mostly the podcasts that I, I mean, I try to do the news ones and I'll, I mean, as I said, I love behind the bastards with Robert Evans. It just gets so dark sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like learning about like, wow, Mark Zuckerberg really does need to be on trial for war crimes because like his company essentially caused that like political genocide in Myanmar. Ugh. Like, um, but like I'll listen to you or I'll listen to Dan or, or the, the PCL guys, or just like some other just like Marvel things. It's like, I just need escapes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly sometimes. escapes are what I'm looking for with it too. Yeah. I listen to yeah. lots of Marvel breakdown stuff. <laughs> Same. So I've listened to way too many. It's like, what am I doing? I just, I watched the episode. I, why do I need to listen to in, ad nauseum to other people talk about what I've already watched? <laughs> it's like, like, nope. But, just need that. But it's, but it, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's like, it's fun to theorize. It's, it's kind of hilarious that actually I feel like Marvel has been able to create like a whole industry of that. Like, oh, yeah, all of my YouTube is just like the emergency offsums or <laughs> new rock stars, new rock stars, <laughs> the new rock star guy, like Eric Voss. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I've turned this into a career. Now buy this T-shirt. Like, Damn, I really want that T-shirt. I want the Just a Pro T-shirt or like or Just a Pro T-shirt. Um, it's like, why didn't I think of this so I could do that for my living? <laughs> Dude, I've had the best time having you on talking with you. I got to get oh, you yeah, on again you. sometime in the future. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Hopefully I didn't make too much of a dumbass of myself. No, not at all, dude. No, I'm like... adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> well, we where... just make clear. <laughs> where can people White get more stripes. Chris Lowe in their life? <laughs> um, 
Oh God. Uh, you don't want more Chris Lowe, maybe more Volk. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what's the spiel that Elliot gives me? Uh, LiveVolk.com is our website. If, if people still go to websites, that's where you can find everything though. Um, don't search Volt by itself on Google. You'll just get a bunch of weird German shit. But I think if you search <laughs> Volt bands, you will find us now. I think we've done a pretty decent job. But uh, you can find Instagram, Volk underscore band, Twitter, Volk underscore band. Uh, uh, Facebook would just be live Volk because that's just some old leftover because fuck Mark Zuckerberg. He won't let us change the name. <laughs> um uh there is a tiktok volk underscore band but i don't understand how neither of us we're both too old to understand how tiktok works so it's <laughs> I haven't just like, with it either <laughs> here's a video that didn't work out for something that we wanted to do so we're gonna throw it on tiktok but twitter you can definitely tell like i'm in charge of twitter and tiktok because it's just like the throwaway stuff <laughs> where it's like anything curated that looks nice is Elliot and she's doing it on Instagram or Facebook <laughs> is where you can find us uh, Spotify I think we're if you search Volk maybe if Volk doesn't come up like sometimes Tom York that bastard from Radiohead he has a song called Volk that will come up first <laughs> um, <laughs> I think if you search like Volk Cashville uh, that's Cashville. It's just spelled the same as Nashville, but just with an N. Uh, or I think Volk Honeybee is like the highest song. You can find us on Apple Music with those same search tactics. Um, maybe some otherwhere on on the internet. Uh, you know, we're actively looking to sell out. As I said multiple times. <laughs> yeah, if, I love if, that plug. It's always funny. <laughs> if, if somebody on Netflix. Wants to put our song on a show, you know. If you just pay off my student debt, I will sell my soul. Um, <laughs> at this point, uh, it's not even that much anymore. I went to a public university. Um, uh, you know, if anybody's looking for that, uh, we'd like to be found on there. Uh, what else can I plug? I don't. We'll be at South by Southwest. That's a cool thing. That's huge. That's, That's cool awesome. Thing. Yeah, we'll be there if anybody's down in Austin. Um, would love to see y'all and, uh, we should be announcing new tour dates here in a couple of weeks. We should be able to announce after, after the new year, we should be able to announce those March, April, May things. And I think people will be very excited about the band we're on tour with because we love this band. Um, so hell yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely go out there and check them out, folks. That Cashville album oh, yeah. is is so good. It is I I absolutely recommend it. Um, yeah. And dude, Chris, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, definitely want to so get much. you on again in the future. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Thank you so much. Like this, this is awesome and something I've been super looking forward to. And I, I as like everybody in the Leftover Army, everybody in this podcast community, I love you guys. It's just been so awesome to be in this community of just. You know, that's the great thing about podcasts and one good thing about the Internet is you find people of like-minded uh, things who let you, like, nerd out and have nerdy discussions like this. And <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think more people need to join this army than, than Proud Boys and QAnon. Like, just, like, let's, like I think <laughs> we are – Yeah, like, let's, let's just stick to the nerddom, you know? 
<laughs> no kidding, dude. Well, thanks for coming on, and thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast.